This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jcast. I'm John Abraham, joined by David McDonald. How's it going, David? It's good. Uh, we're all hyped for Wrestle Kingdom. We just came off a, uh, I'll say, an interesting press conference, and we are through with King of Pro Wrestling, which I thought was a good show. So there's plenty to talk to, plenty of pro wrestling. Uh, a little sleepy again. We're 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 sleep deprived here on the East Coast with being a fan of New Japan, but uh, in many cases it is worth it. In some cases. Uh, maybe the jury's still out. <laughs> First thing I wanted to say, Damon, is just to mention the typhoon Hagibis, mm. which you know is really terrible. I, I'm having experienced a typhoon myself back in 2016. I was stuck in the middle of Typhoon Maranti, and I know how devastating they could be. So our thoughts do go out to everyone that is affected personally. Hope all our friends over in Japan made it through okay with... Uh, not too much damage. And at Sam Dewhurst 3 asks us on Twitter, do you reckon Tony Khan will let me borrow his weather machine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say, I, and I can confirm, because during the same nonsense um, with flights and and delays and, and planes being uh, canceled, I had my own travel woes. I had to get a, a hold of ANA. Um in during this time, they said, you know, um, expect wait times, you know, of over an hour on the phone and or two hours, and yeah, it was, I mean, the, the, I, I felt sorry for those people. Those those people trying to reroute those planes because they were doing everything in their power to to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes weather just gets in the in the way, and it. It messes up plans <laughs> for sure. They'll call it mildly, and then the fl- oh, some of the pictures of the flooding and yeah, it's just a sad thing, man. I just I, I hate that panic. I guess that where it's like, oh my god, you know, it's it the weather's bad. It doesn't seem like it's going to get any better anytime soon, and and you know the water's rising and all that shit. So. um yeah, I, it, I, I hope everybody made it okay, and I hope uh, the damage is minimal, and I hope uh, you guys are going to be back on your feet in no time. I know you will. I know you will, but it's, it is heartbreaking to see some of those images of the flooding. Just, oof, God. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed everybody made it out okay. Yeah, it is really quite frightening and upsetting when you start seeing water coming through the windows and the doors into your home. Because, right. you know, your home is your, your safe place, your special place where you expect to, you know, everything to be okay, where you can go after a long day at work and, you know, everything's fine. And then just, it, it's kind of like that's being invaded or, or yeah. violated. And it, it really just, it really messes with you. So, uh, you know, seeing what happens in the New Japan Dojo and everyone working so hard to clean that up and try and salvage what they can. Uh, yeah, it did resonate with me. And uh, hopefully... Everything is on the mend now. Yeah. Did you see the rugby team, the Canadian rugby team? They had the, one of their games canceled. 
Um, so in Louisville, yeah, they they were helping out, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a great job by them, excellent job by that Canadian rugby team. Um, yeah, and then you know they uh, they got the win, right? So I, you know, I again, I know I know the media loves 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 to make you know sport be this you know band aid for the world, and you know it's just you know they did it with nine eleven, you know with the Mets again. I think it was the Mets and the Yankees game, I think. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it was good to see, you know, just some, hopefully as, as, uh, they'll say smiles on faces for just a little bit, just to kind of get their minds off of it. And again, King of pro wrestling, I think helped in that as well. Um, and I know I heard Kevin Kelly literally was, you know, half an hour either way. And he wouldn't have made the beginning of the show. Um, you know, he's he's in a T-shirt. <laughs> Casual Kevin running into the arena uh, just in time to make the broadcast. So, again, a lot of travel issues, a lot of travel woes. But um, even with that said, I thought King of Pro Wrestling turned out to be a really good card. I think um, in the end, some of the changes were even better than, than originally was planned. And then, uh, yeah, we come out of it and uh, we're... Inching, inching even closer and closer to, to, to two nights at the Dome and uh, a, a third night on the 6th for the uh, the Enhanced Dash Show. So it's going to be a fun time in Tokyo. Just a couple of quick news items before we dig into the meet. Uh, CMLO are reportedly pressuring companies to not use Dragon Lee. New Japan, we know, are still selling uh, Dragon Lee merchandise. They're selling coin purses with uh, Dragon Lee's mask. But it seems likely that he will have to change his name because our understanding is that CMLL own the Dragon Lee name. And he'll probably still be working with New Japan, just not on the same tour as the CMLL guys. But um, yeah, just seeing this, that CMLL uh, trying to get other companies not to use him, I guess ROH didn't get that memo because they (laughs) seem to be trying to milk him for everything that he's worth they're trying to get him on every single show that they can so uh your thoughts on this you think we will be seeing dragon league continue to work with new japan in the future i absolutely do i absolutely do and it would be silly for new japan not to he's to me one of the one of the shiniest uh toys for lack of a better term out there that that is available um, and again, this is a company that trusted him enough to put the junior heavyweight title on for a decent amount of time. No, I'm, I'm, I would lock him down. Like I said, I said a couple of weeks ago, I would lock him down immediately uh, and try and put his name to some paper. He's, he's apparently a bit notorious for not being a guy to sign contracts. But, I mean, I don't know where that's come from. But, hey, do what you can. New Japan to to, uh, to lock him down because he to me he's just a talent um, and he and he makes everyone around him better so no, no matter where you put him so yeah if we can if we can find a way to do that I think that'll be the smart thing to do and again it's not like it's you know Joe flip flop that we're trying to 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 uh, to sign here and and ruin a relationship with CMLL and I don't think this is a ruining relationship kind of thing to be truthful I really don't. And you know if if it's if 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 we're getting into pro wrestling pettiness, and pro wrestling can be fucking petty, uh, I you know it's 
just keep him off the CMLL tours. You know, he he won't work a fantastic mania. Okay, great. What was me? Right. Okay. Um, bring him in when they're not around, and then work around that that issue, that uncomfortableness, that pro wrestling pettiness. Work around it. I think we'll be just fine. So he has been at us for four ROH events in November. So uh, if you want to see some Dragon Lee between uh, now and the next time he's in New Japan, go and check out some ROH. Uh, the other thing was, it appears the rumours of Tomiyuki Oka's disappearance were greatly exaggerated as he re-emerged. The great Okan and his partner Rampage Brown are the new RevPro tag champions. They're part of the Legion stable with Shah Samuels. So uh, he's looking great. He's looking uh he's got his new gear yeah. some cool new trunks he's got the beard the hair uh, from what i understand he's going to be there until next march so i guess if he is picking up some tips from Shah samuels then it'll be a shoe in to be in bullet club for all the ref bumps <laughs> right that's that's true that's a very good point uh yeah again it's good to see uh again we heard uh family issues on that one right so um I know there was some concern. I know there's a lot of mystery when it comes to young lions and where they are and what they're doing and how they're getting over and have they fallen off a scooter or a motorcycle or skateboards or rollerblades or whatever the case may be, uh, life-threatening injuries, all of this, all this drama with the young lions. But uh, rest assured, we're okay there in England with uh, new tag champions. So good, good job by us and good job by everyone uh, there. And the news from today, there was a post-King Pro Wrestling press conference. Oh. Luckily, I, <laughs> I didn't have to stay out late for it. It was a nice, convenient two o'clock in the afternoon for me. Yep. So the upshot of this, well, the, the first thing that I noticed was can we, right, can we, can website's we, been up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I know. I, can we? Can I just wear some egg on the face a little bit? I mean, I know I was pretty adamant in the the... the fact that this was going to be some type of groundbreaking press conference um and how it was delivered to us was <laughs> felt that way and i think i kind of fed into it too so uh if you woke up and you were disappointed hey i'm sorry you didn't get your massive groundbreaking announcements but for me i i liked the announcements i thought they were fine uh but yeah it wasn't as uh uh you know, pro the the foundation of pro wrestling did not uh, buckle with with this press conference. So uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I took an L on that one. Uh, so what we did get is uh, updated cards for Power Struggle. So this is Sunday, November 9th in Osaka Prefectural Gym, the Edion Arena. So here are some matches that have been announced. Damon, we have an Intercontinental Championship match with Goto challenging Jay White. Never Openweight Championship match with Ishii challenging Kenta. A special singles match between Naito and Taichi. And a special tag match with Okada and Yoshihashi facing off against Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Thoughts on those announced matches? Um, pretty tasty to me. It is tasty. Um... I would say, for me personally, I'm probably most excited about, and again, in 2019, we're Damon saying this, it's Naito Taichi. I think that would be, for me, super exciting. Uh, White and Goto has me excited but concerned. Um, go, uh, you know, 
again, these matches are just exactly what you had planned out, Joel. Um, it, it, the the mini boss. This is this is power struggle should be just called mini boss, <laughs> mini boss struggle, uh, because this is exactly what it's turned out to be. Um, again, White has got to get past the, the ultimate gatekeeper in Goto. Naito's got to get past Tai Chi. Uh, and when then what's the third one? I'm sorry. Um, Kenta has to get past Ishii. There you go. All right. Great. Um, and I think that will be an awesome match as well. I, awesome. Hmm. Have we seen awesome yet from Kenta? Uh, but it's Ishii, so, you know. I, 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 it, it looked like the match, the, the London match, was going to get awesome until mm-hmm. Kenta took that knock. He took a yeah. bad bump, and then the match kind of fell apart after that. But up until that point, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward this will be really good, awesome, maybe full fledged pants down. So it's a good show. On paper, it's a good show. Uh, again, I, we're 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 still a little shaky on exactly what how this is all going to pan out when it comes to all these people wanting uh, to be two belts. Come Wrestle Kingdom time, I mean. We, I think it's safe to say that we know Abushi and and Okada, uh, as announced in the presser, will be on the fourth. So we'll see how it all pans out. We we really don't know anything for the fifth right now, do we, Joel? No. So what that was going to be the next thing I say. It was official for January fourth that we get the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match with Okada defending against the G One Climax Twenty Nine winner Kota Ibushi. And Okada said that he's not interested in winning the IC title, but he would do it for the novelty and that he would be open to defending his championship on both the 4th and the 5th. So again, nothing official there, but I think enough groundwork laid for us to reasonably expect uh, a title versus title match on the 5th. Do you agree? I I do. I mean, I think it's just... I mean, there's there is too much groundwork in the past, and now it feels like we have this little bit of a foundation where it's constantly mentioned. Um, it, the the opening spot where the fifth hasn't been announced, there hasn't really been anything announced aside from Liger's last match, um, and it's confirmed for the fourth that it's Ibushi and and Okada, which again will be great. I mean, really great. Uh, so, yeah, it does leave the door wide open for some type of uh, of final on the fifth to to, to have have a two belt situation. Um, th- does that? Do you think that that gives away the idea of the finish for the fourth? I don't think so. If it is the four people that we speculated, Naito versus White facing the winner of Okada versus Ibushi, then I do lean towards it being Okada, Naito on the fifth. But would it stun me if it's Jay White to go through? Absolutely not, given all the the rub that Jay White's had. Would it stun me if they go back to Ibushi Naito because you know they want to save Okada Naito for another time where they can properly build it up and, and there's time to sell tickets out of it? No, that wouldn't shock me at all. I, I think any of those permutations. So 
what are we looking at here? It could potentially be on, on the fifth, it could be Okada versus Jay White again. It could be Okada versus Naito. It could be Ibushi versus Naito. It could be Ibushi versus Jay White again. Uh, so I mean, in any of those seem plausible to me, but if I had to put money on it, then I would say Okada Naito. But no, I don't think it spoils anything. Okay, yeah. I go, uh, of all those possibilities... I don't think I don't think the word word has have to you you have to do X because you I, I think you could fit any one of those scenarios in on the fifth and it could it could definitely work. I, I I'm leaning hard though toward Okada Naito. I think that's the match you got to go with. I, I do. Uh, um, and again, it just might be the fact that we're all waiting for this Naito thing to play out, but. And and there's really been uh, people are hanging their hat on the fact that well you can't get any lower right they have to they have to have this this faction and team get a positive somewhere because you didn't see it at all in King of, King of Pro Wrestling you really didn't you didn't see one positive thing if you're an Lij fan coming out of King of Pro Wrestling other than well we're, we're we've now reached a new low maybe. Uh, this is our redemption course. Uh, I think it's I think it's Okada Naito with uh, Naito finally coming back and winning. I don't know why I'm saying that because again, the way the way the, I mean they can we, just briefly, Joel Lij couldn't get a fucking win at Power Show. They had to do a DQ finish. No one, no one on that other side could have taken a fall. Fucking hilarious. I know they're trying to get Tai Chi over as the boss and all that stuff, but you could have done a lot of that post-match stuff after just to get the point over. But, geez, Louise, and then, oh, they went over. <laughs> it was fucking, uh, oh, boy. Poor LIJ fans. They're just, they never win. They're the Charlie Browns of pro wrestling. Well, as Thomas Fuller said, the night is darkest just before the dawn, so... I'm sure <laughs> that's what Gato's been reading up on his uh, English theology and history there. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what all the LIJ fans are hoping for, I'm sure. But uh, we'll see if that comes to pass. But uh, what is going to come to pass is the retirement of Jushin Thunder Liger. And at this press conference, they have announced Liger retirement match one on January 4th. So that will be Jushin Thunder Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, the Great Sasuke and Tiger Mask with El Samurai against the team of Naoki Sano, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Takaiwa and Ryusuke Taguchi with Kuniaki Kobayashi with a special referee, Norio Honaka. So, yeah. David, your thoughts on this contest? I mean, this is a hodgepodge of, and I mean that in, a, in an actual good way, of Liger's career. I mean, this is Liger's career in a nutshell. With, you know, his idol, Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, and literally going through the years of feuds from the 90s with, you know, Sano and Sasuke and even El Samurai being in, in, the, in, in, in the corner. Otani. I mean, it goes through. I mean, the first match Liger had at, had at the Dome was with Kobayashi. Um, you know, in the gimmick, 
So it's it's it just runs the entire course of his of his junior heavyweight career. So from a, that that nostalgia tug, it's going to be awesome to see all of these people in the ring for me. Um, you see that it's a sixty minute time limit, y'all. <laughs> There is no fucking possible way this match is going 60 minutes. No way. David, it's probably going to take them 60 minutes just to get all of them in the ring. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, and I hate to say this. Uh, again, I love this. I think it's it's I it, it will be a moment that I will take to my grave. It will be an amazing thing. The best part about this is going to be the entrances. Let's let's be very honest here. Um uh, I mean, Otani can still go. He, he, you, you see him all the time on, um, if I'm not mistaken, all Japan shows and, um, even if I'm not in the past wrestle one shows and Fujinami is still in, in pretty great shape to be honest with you. Um, I saw him, where did I see him? <clears throat> I saw him at a, a couple of years ago. I'll say maybe about four years ago at a meet and greet. In Rahway, New Jersey, I saw him. And he looked great then. I can't imagine him falling far uh, from that. Sasuke, I don't know. I haven't seen Sasuke in a while. Tiger Mask, we all know. Uh, Taguchi. Sano, I'm not sure. Uh, he still wrestles sometimes. Um, so I'm sure he could still do okay. Again, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, well, how, how are they going to do this match? <laughs> uh, and again, I can't imagine it being... Anywhere sniffing greatness, but this is not what how many bumps? Uh, right, exactly. In total, do you think? Um, I think it'll get a. I mean, Liger obviously, and I think Tiger Mask and Son. I mean, when you're going through this list, you're going like, all right, who's going to be the workhorse? Who's going to be the workhorse of the team? Okay, here's here's what I want: uh, Tiger Mask and Taguchi to start the match, right? And just refuse to tag anyone else in. <laughs> um. I mean, again, Sano still still wrestles occasionally, and, and Otani, so they could they could they could be okay. But yeah, it's again, I think it's going to be a very safe style match. <coughs> Excuse me, as I uh, cough. Uh, but again, for 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 a if you're a fan of Liger in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and had and have gone into Liger's history and watched some of these matches on World or on VHS or whatever the case may be. Again, this is a pretty cool moment in the sense that this is this is your life, Jushin Liger, pro wrestling. I mean, aside from guys like that are no longer with us, um, they really pulled everybody they could to get in on this match. Um, I would love to see Sayama in some. Fashion, I don't think Sayama would, would do it. I don't see why not. He does pro wrestling stuff. Um, maybe they couldn't get him. I don't know. That's the only one of that group where I'm just kind of like, oh, it would be cool if Sayama would be there. Um, again, taking aside the people that are no longer with us. I'm hard-pressed to think, oh, is there anybody else? Ah, there is. I would have liked to have seen uh, Kushida there. I think that would have meant a little bit, too. Um, of course we know that can't happen, but aside from that, I think they got everybody they wanted. Um, so when we were getting information about, you know, the presser, we, you know, 
I, sometimes I think it, that that the 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 hype that I was I was giving out uh, was directed for me because I I know people knew that I would dig this. Um, so, and I do, I definitely do. Um, the only thing I'm a little bit peeved about, y'all, is last week we talked about. How uh, I'm not going to go to the sixth show. I'm not going to go to that dash show or, you know, whatever. But now, come to find out that the actual Liger retirement ceremony is now on the sixth. Like, I'm like, I got to get another ten. I got to uh, get more money out of me. <laughs> God damn it. How am I going to sell this one? So I got to go to that. I got to go to that. How can I not go? How can I be in Tokyo and not go to that, Joel? You know what I mean? So I got to find a way to get there. And tell my wife that we're going there. <laughs> Boy, am I gonna am I gonna have a big credit card bill come uh, for gifts and makeups and stuff like that? Because uh, we're, she's doing two wrestling shows. Got to go to that. So it's fun. I, I like it. Um, I could see where people sometimes. I don't know. I, people aren't really scratching their heads, are they? No, not at all. I think for the people that weren't expecting a big announcement are pleasantly surprised by this. I just think people who had stayed up to 2am expecting something huge were disappointed. So it's just a question of your expectations going into this. Right. And I apologize if if I helped fuel that. Um, If I did, sorry. But uh, eh, you'll be all right. Take a nap later on today. You'll be fine. (laughs) Don't blame me. Jerks. All right. What else we got? Uh, also, January 5th, so there's no announcement of that, but uh, there's a bit of confusion here because I don't know if Liger said that he wanted to face someone he's never faced before on the 5th as his final match, or if he wanted to face someone he's never faced before before the 5th. So I was told two separate things there, so I don't know exactly what the truth is, but there's a possibility then that on the 5th and the second night, we get another Liger match, and that is his final match, just given the fact that the match we just talked about, the tag match, is named Jushin Thunder Liger Retirement Match 1. Right. So I think it's a reasonable expectation that there'll be a Jushin Thunder Liger Retirement Match 2 uh, for January 5th. And if it is indeed someone that he's never faced before, I'm scratching my head, David, about who this could possibly be, because all the, the who's who's of the current roster he's faced before. You know, guys like Hiromu, Will Ospreay, even newer guys like El Phantasmo, he's faced all those guys in singles matches before so is there anyone off the top of your head that he's never wrestled before on the current roster that you think would be a fitting send-off for Liger in in a singles match um yeah I mean I think you would have to dip into the heavies wouldn't you would you have to would you have to dip your toes into the heavyweight division if if, if it's somebody he's never wrestled before yeah I mean, I mean could it be has he wrestled Tanahashi before in the singles. Yeah. I'd have to cage match it. Um, off the top of my head, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm try- I'm just trying to think of like an opportunity of where that would occur, you know, and what scenario. Because it's not like Liger was in a New Japan Cup in recent history. Um, he was in G1. But that was a, a a decent amount of time ago, and I don't think Tanahashi would have crossed paths there. Um, hmm. 
I'm stalling so that you can look on Cage Match. <laughs> yeah, I haven't found anything. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that I can see. So, again, people are expecting Tanahashi versus Jericho. And I guess Tanahashi could pull double duty. You could have yeah. a singles match. Tanahashi, Jericho, night one. Then Tanahashi, Liger, night two. Yeah, I think that would be... I mean, that's absolutely doable if 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 Jericho is a definite. Um, I mean, it could be done. Is that is that is that a good... Good final match for you? Are you feeling that? Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I'll, I, I mean, again, it's, it is it is somebody who, who he hasn't wrestled before. He did specifically say, correct me if I'm wrong, that he didn't want to just have like a little – he wanted to have an actual competitive match. And, you know, Tanahashi will, will bring that out of you. Um, Tanahashi is a guy that, you know, you, you're not going to have to keep up with. It. I think – being in, I think being in the ring with a Will Osprey or or something along those lines, that's that, that's a hard thing to do um, for Liger. I would think at this age. I mean, he, the guy's in, in fucking incredible shape, but um, again, he's fifties. You know, 50s, you know? He's, he, he's not going to be into catching people seven hundred times. Tanahashi's a little bit more of a he could work a better match. I think with a Tanahashi. Um, and keep it relatively safe. Um, in doing so, and I think Tanahashi's a really strong candidate for that final match. Yeah, in terms of guys who can tell an amazing story in the ring without necessarily having to do anything death-defying, then yeah, he's your guy. Yeah, I would think so. So I, you know, my money's on that. My money's on that. So yeah, let let. Tanahashi do his plunder with Jericho, uh, night one, and then, you know, just weave a nice little story closing match. And I and and you, what you think Tanahashi wouldn't want to do that? He he would jump at the opportunity to, to do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm going. I'll go Tanahashi on that second night. Uh, the other thing that is worth mentioning about the upcoming Road to Power Struggle, the Super Junior Tag League shows, is that. Suzuki has continued to work these because, again, the rumors we mentioned last time that he was only sticking around to finish off the Liga feud and then he'd be off. And also little breadcrumbs that he hadn't been on the same team as Taichi. Not only is he working this tour, that it appears that he's tagging with Taichi most of these nights. So read into that whatever you will. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, again, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I don't blame people for for bringing out information that they know. And 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 here's the thing, I appreciate that because I mean we we do it a lot too, and we hope people can make their own decisions based off the information that we give. Sometimes we give information, and you're gonna have to read between the lines because we can't flat out say things, but we'll say things that hopefully help you deduce things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't blame that. But, yeah, it looks like that that's not going to come to pass. So, there you go. All right. So, what have we got next? King of Pro Wrestling. Yes. Uh, 9,573 fans. No vacancy. So, that is up uh, more than 400 from last year, which yeah. was the triple threat, the Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Kenny Omega, Cody, and Kota Ibushi. Um, triple threat main event wow. so pretty impressive turnout especially with the typhoon aftermath Damon 
Yeah, it, is, it, it was a good number. I mean, 400 people is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, just ask Ring of Honor. <laughs> that was a cheap shot. That that You know what? I take that back. Sorry. Sorry, Ring of Honor. Uh, and, yeah, and it, especially with the Typhoon. Um, to be able – and again, that old – even the people that might not have damage to the homes or, you know, have, you know, a situation like that, you do kind of run into – people want to get out of the house, right? People want to get out of the house at that point and be like, okay, let's get back to life here. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a decent walk-up with that too. Um, people just wanting to, again, see a show and get some of that shit off their mind. So, you know – Maybe there is something to be said about sport and entertainment being a, a nice nice release from high-stress situations like that. Um, yeah, 400 extra people. I'll take that. And uh, again, do you necessarily – I know people want to put the main event as, oh, that's the reason. That's the reason why Sonata and Okada or you know, whatever. Um, and, and it beat Kenny, right? I saw a little bit of that too. I mean, I think overall the promotion helps that, right? I think I, th- I think the overall health and stability of New Japan Pro Wrestling helps that. I don't want to discount Sonata and Okada. No, <laughs> come on, let's do, let's do the math properly. Okada is no, no. Let me try and work this out. I was going to say that he is a, a Okada and Sonata are bigger draws than Kenny Omega <laughs> and Cody combined. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it works, David. It's official. Okay. All right. Good. All right, I, and again, I I know people like to do that, and that's and I and so I can appreciate that. That's that's fine, but I think a lot of that is the overall health um, and stability of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Main event helps again if you don't have something that's sexy. Um, people aren't going to go. Um, that's absolutely true, and and again, we it might not stick with us. Us being this show, people who listen to this show. Um, it might not stick with everyone that Sonata is this big, you know, uh, popular star with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he definitely 100% is, and you could hear it by crowd reactions and all that. People wanted him to win. Um, and again, maybe the weather had something to do with it in the sense that people wanted to get out of the house and watch the show. Um, all these factors, I think, play into it. And just, you know, sometimes it's just fucking happenstance that – people are interested in going to a fucking wrestling show and they have the availability to do so. All these factors combined. So, hey, whatever it is, 400 people, great. Um, that's that's significant. I think it's, a, that's, it's an absolute positive. Uh, in a building that, um, you know, looks good filled. Let's put it that way. It looks good filled. And it was. Um, we had some card changes as a result of the typhoon. So there was no Zack Sabre Jr. and no John Moxley which meant some things had to be shuffled around. That also meant that Taguchi and Bushi were pulled from the cards. Uh, I feel a little bit sorry for Bushi. Not only was he pulled from King of Pro Wrestling, he's also not appearing at all on the Super Junior Tag League Tour. So uh, I never thought I'd be one standing up for Bushi, but uh, I can't help but feel he's slightly hard done by here. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, I, I, I think he's one of those people that stick out like a sore thumb of not being in this thing. Um, 
I mean, I know obviously they can't find a partner for him right now, and it, I guess they thought anything would be weird. But I mean, it's pro wrestling; you can make up anything, you know. I mean, you got Rocky and and Taguchi, you know, who, whose common thread are the, the coaches, you know. Oh, okay, we're gonna get together. They could fucking come up with something to give him a partner. I, I, I to me, Bushi is the one guy that sticks out like a sore thumb of not being in something like this. He, this is perfect for him. Um, I, I, I'm scratching, I'm left scratching my head thinking why he, unless he didn't want to do it, but again, what else is he doing? (laughs) You know, uh, painting his nails. What the fuck else? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So our first match was the El Desperado comeback match where we had the returning El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Rapongi 3K with Despi pinning show in 10 minutes 44 with a pinche loco. And I'm sure you noticed Despi wearing the bloodstained shirt that he got injured in, which that is some shit. What, what do the kids say, David? Big dick energy. Is that right? Yeah, is that so. an example of big dick energy? You're asking me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, I'll put it under that category. But yeah, uh, f- a fun little tag match, uh, a preview of what is going to be, I believe, the semi-main event on tomorrow's uh, Road to Power Struggle Super Junior Tag League uh, tour at uh, Karakuen. So, uh, what did you think of this opener? I, I, I mean, I was very happy that they went with it, right? To open the show um, wasn't, you know, expectations going in was that it was, you know, going to be uh, six man. So, that to, to shorten it up a little bit, again, addition by subtraction, I think it made the match better and made it more interesting. Uh, the logical thing to do would be to give Despi and and Kanemura the win. Just you know, they're going to be seeing them a lot in the tag tournament. And, I, and even I think in, on commentary they even made mention that you know if you're going to put money down on people in this tournament, that that's that those are pretty safe bets. And I would tend to agree with that. Um, and again, getting getting Despi back in the mix, get, having him uh, deliver the pinfall uh, to get. Uh, the spotlight back on him, which is well done. He looked thick, didn't he? He looked like he thicked out, like not even like defined muscle, but he looked bigger, but not you know not like he's been sitting around eating fucking cheeseburgers. You know, he looked thicker. Um, he's telling me he's going to move up to heavyweight. Is this a scoop? <laughs> no, no, we're done. We're done in the scoops biz. I think uh, the uh, this is going to be a press conference, Joel. <laughs> Moving, moving El Desperado up. Uh, I thought he looked good, all things considered. I mean, what was it, six months on the shelf? Um, I, th- I thought both. The- I love that tag team. I love Kanemaru and, and Despi. I, I, I really do. I, I always thought they were like underrated segments of the show. That Again, we talked about that sweet spot second match. Um, I liked the match. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good opener, and I liked the fact that it was just a singles tag much better than it was a six-man. Um, yeah, I mean, two, two, two really good teams. They could, they could feud forever, and I'd be fine with it. Yeah, it's it great to see Despi back. Uh, he's one of my favorites. He was definitely in the running last year when we were doing our awards for Most Improved, so it was a really big blow to see him missing out on most of this year, missing out on best of the Super Juniors. So really happy to see him back. And I love seeing him being a little shit in this match and pretending to be hurt. It's like, oh, no, my jaw. And then attack them from behind. So uh, and a lot to of have brawling. you back, Despi. 
yeah, a lot of brawling uh, outside the ring. Um, and again, it is a Suzuki Goon, so we tend to expect that. But yeah, I felt like there was a, even extra, extra uh, nonsense going on. You know, you made mention just a, a, a moment ago, and it was a completely throwaway account. But my heart sank for a moment. We have a war season right around the corner. No, it's not right around the corner. We've got two months. Don't, don't do this to me, I've got enough shit to deal with right now. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh my God, we got to do, we got award season right around the corner. I mean, it's not Can even... we too- just give all the awards to Will Ospreay and knock it on the head? <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's a joke. That's a joke. Don't... Uh, come on. Don't people- quote tweet me. Yeah. Fucking Joe with his flippy bullshit. Uh, it's right around the corner. I mean, we're it's October 15th. I mean, we f- you figure November is when we start the voting, right? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Cole's Pete, I hope you stayed on top of this because <laughs> y- y- you're doing a terrific job adding this stuff as each show will go past. So I'm praying that you kept that up. Oh, I beg of you. Because I didn't. No, no, no. All right. Listen, we need help. Help us. We need help. We're, we're putting out the, red, uh, the white flag. Help us. Award season. This will be this will be number four, won't it? It'll be the fourth one. Fucking Christ, man! This is becoming a big deal. Our awards, big deal. It's really not, but yeah, I think it is. I tell you what, we get a. It's one of our. I'll, I will say this: our award shows are. I would say Wrestle Kingdom, post Wrestle Kingdom shows, are our number one. Our award shows got to be like two or three. Um, when it comes to downloads and listens, so yeah, I mean, people, some people put some stock into it, and again, it's 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 voted on by you, the listeners. I think that's what's the most important thing, right? It's like it's not we're sitting here; we, we give our picks of who we like, but for each category, but it's it's you who pick the winners. So I think that's what makes it um, a little bit more special because it's it's a it's the collective voice, and trust me. Uh, I know that that people within the company, I'm not going to say use that as any gauge in booking decisions. I'm not going to be that delusional, but I mean they they know of them. They they they're they're aware of them. So, um, oh, well, uh, Kenny Omega did acknowledge it last year and said thank you to the mm-hmm. listeners who voted for him. So, yeah, people take notice. Yes, absolutely. All right, sorry to uh, derail. Back to King of Pro Wrestling. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got to stick to the important topic of the second match. Hiroshi Tanahashi, 20th anniversary match four with Tomoaki Homa and Tanahashi defeating the team of Toriyano and Togi Makabe. Tanahashi pinning Yano after 9 minutes 43 with a high fly flow. My biggest takeaway from this statement is that Honma looked like absolute shit here. Yeah. And when you're in an undercard tag match, when Togi Makabe has to take the bumps in the second match on a show, then you know that something's not right. Yeah, uh, you you read my mind on that one. That, that is the same. Uh, look, I understand why they're doing it. I understand the the idea behind it, and and Makabe being involved in in Tanahashi's uh, infancy uh, in the ring. Oof. Uh, I mean, that fast forward button was in my hand. <laughs> it just I just ready to pounce on it. Um, yeah, look, it was quick. It was painless. Like under ten minutes. Second match, it, you saw the high fly flow. You're good to go, and away you went. So, I mean, there's I, I can't think of one thing where I'm like, oh, you got to go out of your way to watch that. Really, 
go to the end, see the high fly flow and the hand being raised from Tanahashi, and that that there's there's your highlight from match number two. Well, don't just imagine it. Just close your eyes and imagine Hiroshi Tanahashi doing a high fly float on Toriyano yep. and pinning him, and you're good. Yeah, I re- I really do, and I and I hate to say that, and I hate to be that. It wasn't a horrible match. It was just like you know. Which we're, we're, we got to get in and get out, and uh, yeah, just picture a high fly flow on Yano, and there's your match. Exactly right, and 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 Holma. <sighs> you, you know what? He he reminds me of a marionette, like a, a puppet, and there's someone with strings pulling them, trying to make him wrestle. Yeah, and I guess that's fitting because of the Kokeshi gimmick, but it's just like really awkward and, and clumsy and unarticulated and nothing's landing properly and it just seems like an accident waiting to happen i feel bad for him i really do because he's you, you could see that the mind is working but the body's just isn't and that for for a pro athlete in in any sport when that happens that's 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 a panic mode you know um he knows it you know, here's here's the sad part about it. He knows it, and it's you know us sitting here saying it um, does him no favors, mind you. It is what it is. I mean, you know, it's match number two. We, we're going to talk about match number two, and I don't want to harp on Honma. He knows it, but he should not be in a fucking pro wrestling ring, Joel. And he's gonna he's gonna really get hurt. And he looks like it's at the point where. I feel well, like. going to hurt someone else. That's what right. I'm scared of. Right. That too. That too. I mean, he's not – even the shit that he does doesn't – it isn't dangerous by any stretch. But even that stuff is like, ooh. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing that he got hurt from was not right. quote-unquote dangerous, was it? It doesn't take a dangerous move for someone to get seriously fucked up. No, it really doesn't. Uh, and, and you know what? Come to think of it, a lot of times it's the shit that you would think be like, ah, that didn't look – too horrible, you know. You know, it wasn't like flip, flop, flood dive, twisty, three sixty to the floor. You know that that you know ruined them. It was oh a, a back body drop. <laughs> you know that you know that that's the shit. Um, he doesn't look good. It, and I don't mean that in a wrestler of the year kind of thing. Looking good, he doesn't look good health wise. Um. And yeah, that is a concern. I'm worried about his safety and the safety of others because we know pro wrestling is that. You're trusting someone with your body. How do you think the, the how do you think a person on the other side of the ring feels? I'm trusting my body with you. You look like you can't even fucking op- you know, lift an arm. Huh. All right. I mean, because there's a lot of trust there. A lot of trust there. I, I, I do have my concerns with that one, though. That that one. You know, people talk a lot about, about injuries and landing on the head and don't do that. Okay. Can we, can we, can we, can somebody step in with Honma, <laughs> please? And, 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 you know, for the safety of everyone, can we, can someone step in and make a, an executive decision on him to have him, uh, you know, wants to come and you know, be, uh, like a Shibata role where he's going to the to ringside and he's in the corner or I got no problem with that. He wants to take a bump or two. Okay, fine. Even in a, in a multi-man tag situation, boy, is it fucking precarious. I don't know, man. 
Somebody's got to step in. It, it, just for a little bit. Re, you know, he, he could get better, right? I don't know the full meta. Just I just know fucking right now it doesn't look good. And, and yeah, it's concerning. Okay, we spent way too long talking about that match. Let's move on to the third, which was uh, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, defeating Taichi and Doki by disqualification. Uh, with uh, Shingo getting... Uh, one thing I liked about it, a small thing, but I like the entrances where there's just the contrast in entrances where Taichi's coming out, you know, with his, his beautiful music and his lovely robe and his mask and his microphone, Miho Abe, everyone's looking all glamorous. And then there's Doki walking behind him with his big pole just banging <laughs> against the, the railings, like bang, bang, bang. I don't know, that just really tickled me. I thought that was great. Uh, so just basically set up for the Naito versus Taichi power struggle match that we mentioned before. Um, with the winner presumably getting an intercontinental title shot on January 4th. And yeah, like we said, it's just really making Naito hit his lowest ebb here. Really is. I mean, again, I know, I know we got to warm up Taichi and, and make him look like a threat. I get that. But again, a disqualification. Doki couldn't fucking take a pinfall here. You know what I mean? How many disqualifications do you think we have during a calendar year in New Japan Pro Wrestling? And we did it here, right? Okay, and then the absolute, you know, the the beatdown on Naito by Tai Chi again. For all the praise I give Tai Chi in 2019, it still is Tai Chi that you're getting your ass whipped by. Um, he doesn't have the biggest reputation of being the ass kicker, but okay, I understand why we're doing it. I understood. Boy, I I, I I I left that, and the first thoughts in my head were, fucking Naito looks like the biggest fucking geek here. He just looks like the biggest uh, geek is the best word I, you can use to describe it. Boy, yeah, I, I mean, if this is a guy that you are planning to have hoisting both your major titles on January the 5th, it's You're, a really weird way of building them up. It really is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what's next? I mean, who does he who does he get his his ass kicked by next? Tiger Mask? <laughs> you know, like what? How much lower can we go here? It's fucking unbelievable! What they're doing to this fan base? It is absolutely unbelievable. The again, you. And 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 Lij as a whole. You mean to tell me Shingo couldn't get a fucking pin? I mean Naito couldn't get a pin. I mean you're 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 you're. And again, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but you know Lij didn't have a great night the rest of the night either. You couldn't give these motherfuckers a win. You had to go DQ, and then have Tai Chi destroy Naito. Woo. Wow. Unbelievable to me. But hey, again, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring him down. Joe, give me a give me a, give me a scale of one to ten. The super J K scale of one to ten. This is where we weigh our drugs. <laughs> um what what is this is this Naito thing gonna happen? Would it stun you? If we get to power struggle and then him and Taichi having their wrestling match and then, you know, Taichi whips out the iron claw, pops him in the face, Black Mephisto, one, two, three, 
Tai Chi wins, Tai Chi's going on to Wrestle Kingdom. Would that stun you? Yes. It, it, it would. It would absolutely, it would just boggle my mind. Um, again, and, and the thing that I'm hanging my hat on here, Joel, is it's fucking Naito. It's not, this is not Jeff Cobb. It's a guy who you absolutely could build. How many times do I say, Joel, not everyone can beat a fucking IWGP heavyweight champion. I say it just like that, too. Right? I say it all the time. And that's a good, good, good thing. He is one of those guys that absolutely you could plop him in there and away you go. And trust me, he, he could, I feel like, be a guy that you could at least a year, maybe two, work around that heavyweight title. Right? I really feel like you could. And right now, even after everything they fucking done, the guy, listen, there is something to be said here. The guy is fucking Teflon. You have gone out of your way to, I hate using the term, but after this, it's like, is this a, like the burying? Bar- is bar- are we in burying mode yet? They've really gone out of their way to cut this guy off at every turn. Hopefully. With the, with the hope. And there's absolutely no, zero, zilch, nothing that says that, that he's going to Wrestle Kingdom and winning the title. There really isn't. There's nothing in this booking that's telling you Aside from... It's fan fiction, isn't it, Dave? Yeah! It's absolutely fan fiction. Trust me. Right? There's nothing there. Except, how could they do this? So they have to go this way. Right? That's what we're hanging... That's, that's what our hopes are on here, if you're an LIJ fan. That's what you're hoping on. That's, that's where you're resting every, all your hopes. Fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. So I asked you know again. What his, Naito's last singles win was last singles win. Yeah, when he won the title. Uh, no, it was the the eighth of August when he beat Jeff Cobb. <laughs> okay, in the G one climax. Wow. So, and I mean, it's assuming he beats Taichi, which is going to be what the November the third. So he gone from August to November with no. Singles wins is, and this is a guy that you're trying to heat up for the big glorious moment at Wrestle Kingdom. Right. I mean, I'm sure they have it all mapped out, but it feels like we're running out of time. I'm in a panic attack over our fucking awards. They got to, they got to turn this guy around from a guy who's got his ass whipped by Tai Chi to holding up that title at the end of the fucking night on the fifth. God bless him. God bless him. And again, it's tight. It's Naito. So he is. If that, if they do do this, and I'm, I'm right now, I'm in the ifs. If they do do this, how? What? What kind of a fucking pro wrestler is Naito to be able to bounce back from all this stuff, right? And and and. I still think would be just as hot as he was before, right? I still, I, I, I'm sorry. I know people are going to fucking whatever. 
hindsight being 2020. Do you think Naito should have beat Okada at the Dome? <laughs> uh, given how everything played out with Kenny Omega, how mm. his title reign uh, was basically a starting point to launch All Elite Wrestling, right? you'd have to say, yeah, if you could go okay. back. I, I mean, it didn't hurt the company in a business standpoint. They, they had a great year. But if I were to go back and redo that, then, yeah, I think Naito should have won that one. Yeah. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but okay. All right, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. All right, there you go. I think uh, I think we got the point across with Naito. It, it was it, it left me scratching my head again. A DQ. Nobody on the team could fucking pin anybody on that Suzuki Goon team, really. And then again, I under, I understand the beatdown more than I understand the DQ. Beatdown had to happen. You got to heat up Taichi. But again, it is fucking Taichi. Kicking the shit out of, of out of Naito. All the clean jobs that he's done. Again, I hate to say I, I can't get off of it. The motherfucker did a clean job in that Lowell tag match, and everyone's looking at each other like, what the fuck was that? Are you kidding me? Joe, it's it's on world right now. It's on world. They they uploaded the shows. Watch, just watch that fucking match! Clean as a whistle. Whew. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. We're getting fired up here, David. <laughs> Three <laughs> matches in. I know, I know. All right, let's move on. Okay, fourth match. Uh, nice, gentle one to calm you down. A special singles match with Minoru Suzuki defeating Jushin Thunder Liger. 17 minutes 38 with a gotch-style power driver. And uh, we saw Battle Liger for this one. Um, I've heard a few people talking about the match saying that the way the match played out didn't really fit the build-up, that it was built up like a blood feud with two yeah. guys who promised that they were going to go out there and kill each other, but then had what I think by and large was a very sort of pure wrestling match with lots of you know, grappling and exchanging right. holes and counter holes and catch-as-catch-can. So what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm in that camp. I mean, we, we spent weeks talking about, again, blood feud and we're going to kill each other and Liger apologizing, saying... Hey, you know, when we do this, this isn't going to be a wrestling match. And for those of you who are coming to see pro wrestling, I'm sorry, but this is not what that's going to be. And my apologies and all that. And the opening spot is that, you know, they're doing the, you know, the finger touch thing, you know, ready to lock up. <laughs> You're locking up. And then they're going for. I, I, I always jump in, like, I understand that does sort of fit the story with these guys and the Pancrase match. That you know that never happened between them. Yeah, it was eighteen but years ago. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, if WWE did something like this, then people would be ridiculing them for it. So I'm not saying that the same should apply here. I just uh, wanted to point that out. Yeah, I mean, again, <clears throat> I, I'm going on the record as saying I I really liked the match a lot, um, and, and and a couple of points I'll bring up in a second. But the the beginning was where I it, it was kind of, it took me out a little bit like I'm I'm expecting bell ring and we're almost hockey fighting it at this point, um, yeah and, and you know we're going for ankle locks and shit which was okay all right it just seemed a little weird, um, but I I really enjoyed the match a lot, Joel these both these guys here's here's the scenario, let's just take Suzuki and Liger out of it for a moment, 
you have two 50-plus-year-old guys that you need to go over 10 minutes, close to 15 minutes, singles match. How confident are you that you are going to get a match of this quality from those two 50-plus-year-olds? Pretty amazing, right? I'm just trying to work out what what's their combined age. It's like 106. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And we've seen guys on the wrong side of 50 go out and have high-profile matches in other companies, and it is ugly as sin. Yep. And it's very, very bad. But you're watching it, and it's like you're seeing two 30-year-olds having a match. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you think, Sorry, why is this guy retiring again? He can still go. I swear, right? And again, I like I do like the idea of you know, Suzuki is in the mix and he is uh a little bit more uh weathered and able to take more of a beating than than Liger. And at the end of the day, that's what that's where Liger fell short. He just didn't have that in him. Um to be able to force his way through, especially through a guy like Suzuki. Um, again, I hate to harp on the age and and what they were able to accomplish in this match, but you you couldn't do that in any other sport, could you? Could you say, okay, fifty year old former goalkeeper for Chelsea, I need you to hop in net and and play a half. And perform at a high level. Could you could you imagine that? Okay, uh, hockey player, uh, you're 52. I need you to go out there for two periods and shut down the the scoring line uh, line on the other team. Okay, 50 year old basketball player, I need you to fucking play point guard again. It just, you know what I mean? Yet in this match, they said okay, two 50 year olds again. They don't have the luxury of a tag. And and here's the thing too. There really wasn't a lot of stalling, right? It wasn't like it was Larry Zabisco in there fucking hopping out of the ring for ten minutes arguing with fans. I felt like they went. They went for the duration that they were supposed to go. I mean, in the beginning, you know, they're working holds, but for the most part, they're going. They're going hard. I I fucking would I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was compelling pro wrestling. I thought the end was magical. I thought Suzuki taking, you know, uh, get, getting on the knees, bowing at the end was, look, Joel, there were people in the fucking crowd crying, grown men crying. And I'm not going to lie. I got a little choked up myself. So uh, I loved it. I thought I, I, I loved it a lot. And again, I'm, I might be, it might be a Liger bias. And we might be having a lot of Liger bias in the next couple weeks. That guy could fucking go right in the middle of the ring and shit, and I'll give him a standing ovation. I don't give a, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. So bear with me on that. I thought this match was really good. Um, and I would go, I would, I'm, in the, I'm like three and a halfs, um, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think bell to bell, I found it really compelling, but the story as well, and... Just the fact that we, you know, we didn't get the fairy tale win for Liger because at the end of the day, it's a junior facing a heavyweight, and you know Liger tends not to win these things. But then the show of respect at the end with Suzuki chasing 
the young lion's out of the ring with a chair and then bowing to Liger somewhat unexpectedly and then Liger thanking him for the match afterwards. Yeah, like you said, it's very emotional, really great moment. So uh, definitely one that I enjoyed a lot. And I was a bit surprised actually because when it was moved to fourth on the card, I thought, oh, well, we're going to get like a bullshit non-finish there and they're going to have a rematch somewhere. So I was pleasantly surprised that they went out there and had a, a really good match. So um, on the topic of Liger, we've got Chris Charlton sliding into the mentions here on Twitter to clear up uh, what Liger said. So Liger said he wants to wrestle as many people as possible that he hasn't wrestled before until January 5th. So January 5th, it could be anyone. So that opens up possibility for, you know, Hiromu's or Osprey's or whoever. So uh, thank you, Chris, for clearing that up. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Um, Um, uh, One of the things that I I definitely want to mention here, which is pretty historic, and again, for Liger fans, it's very significant. I mean, that was his last match in Sumo Hall. I mean, so, again, Super J-Cup, um, classic matches with Benoit. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on about memorable moments in Sumo Hall. Um, that was his – I mean, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this. And, again, pro wrestling is pro wrestling, but this seems to be as legit as, as it comes when it comes to pro wrestling retirements. That was his last match at Sumo Hall. So, significant. That's one that you want to keep in the, in your collection. Because uh, it's, it's it's it is historic, and again, I think a, a really solid, fitting send off um, for him in that building. All right, well, let's move on to the fifth match, which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with Will Ospreay defending against El Fantasmo. Twenty seven minutes fifty eight seconds with a Stormbreaker. And in the build-up to this match, El Fantasmo tweeted out what seemed like a really heartfelt apology where he was talking about how he was helping clean up the dojo after the, the typhoon and how he gave him a sense of perspective. And he realized that he'd let the company down and let himself down and he was going to go out there and uh, have a, a proper clean match against Osprey with no you know, no nut shots, no shenanigans, no interference, none of that. So uh, I suppose we should have seen this coming. And most people did, to be fair, knew that he was working. But it was kind of a weird mix where the first half of it seemed like a really contrite apology, full of humility, where you think, okay, he's seen the error of his ways there. And I've got a lot of time for people who, you know, might do dumb things, but then show genuine remorse and deserve to be given a second chance. And then, (laughs) you know, that was just a... Worked into the match in kind of a weird unsatisfying way because it set up expectations I was half expecting El Fantasmo to go and kick him in the ball straight away and end in the disqualification but they started off the match in quite a goofy way with El Fantasmo uh, you know trying to be an honourable opponent for Osprey in a way that was really cheesy but I quite liked I was enjoying it because I was just waiting for the payoff but it wasn't really paid off in a, a satisfying way. I couldn't even tell you how it was paid off. Was it the eye poke? Was it him throwing the chair at Osprey after the, the Gino Gambino bit? But uh, I felt they it was a bit of a whiff on that one. But I mean, this is the kind of match where I wasn't expecting a great deal going in just because of my own limited expectations for El Fantasma and what you can do in ring. So I think it's one of those matches where if you just switch your brain off and go into it knowing that you're not going to see you know an incredible all-time classic with lots of psychology and perfectly executed holds and stuff it's going to have a lot of cheesy high spots it's going to be a bit dumb then I 
you end up enjoying it more. And I did enjoy this, although it went on for way too long, like at least 10 minutes longer than it should have. But that said, I thought the beginning and the end were good. Just it kind of lost its way in the middle. They were just trying to cram too much in, too many high spots, too many moves. But some of the moments were pretty memorable. Like I said, I enjoyed the start. I enjoyed the stuff that they were doing uh, like on the in the, the crowds, balancing over the, the entranceway. I thought that was pretty cool. And... Yeah, for the most part, I thought it was a good match. I didn't hate it as much as some people. And oh, I also want to mention that hidden blade at the end where he nearly took El Phantasmo's head clean off. That that looked incredible. Yeah, it really did. I, I liked it. I, I liked the match. Um, I can see where it can be pretty divisive. Um, where, yeah, I mean, we're hitting the craziest fucking moves in pro wrestling and, you know, kickouts, kickouts, right? Um, it, it, I, I could see that. Um, um, but in the same breath, I thought it was pretty exciting to see, okay, what else do they have up their sleeves? So I don't know if that necessarily means that that makes for compelling pro wrestling. It was it was it felt for me and me watching it. It was holy shit! Look at that fucking move! Ah, kick out! All right, well, what what could possibly put him away? Oh, he's gonna tight rope on the walk and you know on the rope and then you know Hurricane Rana. I don't you know I don't even know half the shit they were doing. Um, and it just seemed like levels they were they were trying to clear on crazy moves with not not a great amount stitched together to make it a cohesive match. Uh, again, that being said, I, I, I was there for the thrill ride of it. I was there for the roller coaster of it. Again, to see what they were going to do to chop themselves. Um, but my, my biggest challenge with matches like that, though, is that... The majority of the time, it the finish is actually a bit disappointing. Like there were, there would be like spots where you it would just be death-defying what they're trying and and accomplish and and the athletic ability to be able to pull it off both these guys together without fucking it up is amazing. And then yet, okay, something simple is the finish, and it's a little bit deflating. Um. Again, I like the roller coaster that I w- was was on. I don't know if this again com- for compelling pro wrestling that I feel like you need to make a match great. I didn't feel that it was more of watching two guys perform at a very high level, moves with a Z, um, that was mesmerizing and amazing, spectacular. But I don't know if that equates all-time match of the year type pro wrestling matches. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I think we're in the same boat here. I found it, for the most part, pretty entertaining. But uh, nothing that I'm going to go out of my way to rewatch anytime soon. I think it just basically uh, solidified what I thought about El Fantasmo, which is that he's a, you know, an athletic guy who can do some cool spots, uh, but doesn't put together the sort of matches that I personally enjoy. Like, yeah, I agree with you. It's very much 
moves, all the moves. Like, I don't know, I mean, this might annoy people who are fans of superhero movies, but it's kind of like a superhero movie, like a Transformers movie or something where you're yeah. seeing all Michael Bay stuff, like big explosions and special effects and stuff where you're watching it and you're like, oh, okay, this is you know, visually impressive, but it's not doing anything for you emotionally. Right. It's a Kiss concert. You know what I mean? It's it's holy shit that stage and the explosions and the lights and look at the costumes and look at the fucking all right. But the songs they're talking about making out in a girl's bathroom, right? You know what I mean? You're just like, okay, what? <laughs> Every song's about this. Um, all right, you know, we, we get it. You like the fuck? We get, I understand. Um, that that's kind of what it was. Like this match was a Kiss concert where you let you leave being like, oh my god, it's so much fun. It was awesome. My head's spinning, but you know the songs, uh, you know, not 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 the best. Sorry, Mally's just delivered me a, a plate of delicious pad thai from my channel. Oh, <laughs> lucky dog! You lucky fucking dog! Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I do to deserve this one, but there you go. Uh, let's move on then. I think we have some questions here. Oh, oh yeah, another disappointing episode of Hiromu Watch, David. Uh, look, I give up. Uh, I, I said we said it before. We give up. Uh, what? Uh, he's never coming back. Just I'm never. How about this? Do we do we never mention his name again? Do we just not do it, and then it'll happen, and yeah, everyone will be happy. Uh, look, if not there, I don't know. I don't know when. And even at this press conference, you, there were people like, "All right, Horomo, anytime you're no, 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 nowhere to be found." I don't know. I I, I wish we knew. We don't. No one does. It doesn't look like it's happening. Maybe at the dome. Power struggle? I don't know. Who fucking knows? He's never coming back. He's on the beach somewhere. I don't know. He's working in customer service. I don't. I don't fucking know. You would think he'd Is be it back. Gonna be like uh, <laughs> the ending of um, the Dark Knight Rises, where you just sort of see Batman, Christian, Christ, no, what's his name, Bruce Wayne, in a cafe in Europe. He's just right. having a lovely time, having a drink, and he just sort of nods at you, and you're like, okay, so he's not Batman anymore, but he's he's moved on and he's happy. Yeah. I I mean, again, he's still doing his drawings. He's still, again, but they, but here's the thing, Joe, motherfucker. Here's the thing. Opening this this show, they do the, the, the crowd shots panning, it felt like this camera person specifically focused on this couple who both of them were holding these, this giant plush fucking Daryl cat stuffed animal thing. I mean, it, he's still here. What are we waiting for? What the fuck is the problem? Where are you? I'll tell you what we're waiting for. We want to shop Power at struggle. the Eaton Center. What? <laughs> Power struggle. Power struggle. That's when he's coming back. You think so? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the Hiromu fans are latching onto. They're like, oh yeah, it's definitely it's a power, power yeah, struggle. He's definitely make his challenge then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, at Cody Wrestling Twenty One on Twitter says, "Do you see El Fantasma ever becoming the leader of Bullet Club? His callbacks to Styles and Omega have made me feel that he could be the next leader after White." That was another thing that sort of took me out of the match a bit because he did that. I think he did that in the Super J Cup, and I just feel it wasn't really earned because he's not the leader of the Bullet Club and he doesn't have that history with those wrestlers whose moves that he's using. And I just felt like he was... 
again, just doing it to do something flashy and cool without it actually meaning anything. Okay. Uh, well, uh, personally, I, I, no, him as leader of the Bullet Club, I, I can't see it. All right. Well, we saw that happen. Other, so he had to. Ha- he has to have a status to do those things. See, I didn't have a problem with it. I actually enjoyed that. The Styles Clash, the uh, V Trigger, hidden or the uh, uh, One Winged Angel, all of it. Like I, I like that. So, so is is it because he did it? That's the problem. I was eating a mouthful of food. There, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, real pregnant pause there. Well, uh, if I remember correctly, right? Um, Kenny Omega used the Stars Clash against Okada at Dominion last year, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the history there being that Omega was the guy who kicked AJ Styles out of the Bullet Club. Right. So then it's like, okay, I kick this guy out of the faction so I can use his move. Okay. So he doesn't I, I ha- think there's got to be some some kind of history to use a guy's move. And, you know, El Fantasma, he's never wrestled AJ Styles or Kenny Omega. So, you know, why, why is he doing their moves? Right, and he's not even in... Right, and he's not even in a, in a position... Like, like, if Jay White did that, you're saying that would make more sense than a... a B level bullet club guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I see that. Yeah, point. so yeah, perfect example, right? Jay White, if he did the V trigger and the one winged angel in a big match, then you could go back to it and say, yeah, because you know, you go back to New Beginning 2018, where Jay White beat Kenny Omega, and that basically led to the bullet club. As we knew it, then falling apart and the split with the the gold, the elite, the golden elite, and all of that stuff. So again, there's a history there where it would feel Jay White doing Kenny Omega callback moves would be earned, whereas El Fantasma doing it is not. Okay, I mean, I tend to agree with you there. I feel like like that kind of spot is now wasted. So if they ever wanted to dip their toes into that, which would be very meaningful, again, if Jay White decided to do that at the at the dome, I kind of feel like it's a little bit less impactful, right? Than now that it's been done here with arguably a B level Bullet Club member, as opposed to like like I feel like that spot should be reserved for yeah for significant moments. I don't think that that junior heavyweight title match at King of Pro Wrestling is a significant moment. That is I I I kind of do feel that. And and, and I'm sure nobody walked up to him and said, "Hey, don't do that." But I'm sure he wasn't walking around being like, "Oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to hit the one winged angel, you know, I'm going to hit a V trigger." You know, I'm sure it wasn't like vocalized outside. I, I, I'll tell you what. If it was, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if if somebody would have been like, "Nah, you're not doing that. Don't do that." Right? If he was out there talking about it, um, yeah, I see your point. I definitely see your point on that. Um, and 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 now that pretty monumental spot 
potential, potentially mo- monumental spot in a big spot, big time match. It's become a little diluted. I I, I see your point. All right, I, I I agree with you on that one. Good job. All right, so let's move on to the sixth match, which was six-man tag Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto defeating Yujiro Takahashi, Kenta, and Jay White. 12 minutes, 27. Goto pinning Yujiro with uh, the GTR. So just set up for Goto versus White and Ishii versus Kenta. Uh, hopefully there won't be a Yujiro versus Yoshihashi match. And match was fine. The most notable thing was Kenta complaining backstage. Uh, And I quote, Ishii looks like one of those cute boy bands. Also, New Japan is promoting that pretty boy look. Sho, Yo, and Tomo. I can see why they're trying to make something of those three. Oh, all right. That's, well, I mean, listen, New Japan's never been... He's got a sense of humor. Let's give him that. Yeah, New Japan's never never shied away from uh, uh, promoting the sexiness of their athletes. Absolutely. Um, Again... Not not to not to beat that horse. Goto getting a clean pinfall win. Lij couldn't get a fucking win. <laughs> Just saying. Just fucking saying. All right. Well, I don't know why. Because here's the thing: I don't give a shit about Lij. I mean, not that I don't give a shit, but it's just like uh, they're you know they're they're important, but I don't have this passion, you know. But oof, man, Goto gets the win. All right. Lij can't. All right. That's the way it goes. All right, let's move. Speaking of Lij, Joel. Oh no, we have a, a, another match to go. My bad. Yeah, so this one was the U.S. title match where we were expecting John Moxley to defend against Juice Robinson, but uh, he couldn't make it because of the typhoon. Can we just put to bed all the conspiracy theories that oh, it was AEW putting the plug on this, please? Oh shit! Um, I, I can't believe people are that fucking stupid. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Please, can we, can we, can we put that one to rest? I again, I was on hold for two fucking hours, right? So don't I, I, I know firsthand how crazy travel was. It was a fucking typhoon, people. Holy shit! You can't be that dense. Christ Almighty! All right, I'm sorry, Kev. So as a result of that, Moxley was forced to uh, relinquish the title. Uh, there was a funny tweet put out by Kevin Kelly. He says, I know it might seem like a strange concept with lots of false advertising in wrestling, but New Japan will strip any champion who does not appear when advertised for a title match for any reason. Chris Charlton reminded me when Makabe got the flu and was stripped of the never title. So uh, Moxley uh, uh, relinquished the title and that meant we got Lance Archer filling in for John Moxley. So we got Lance Archer against Juice Robinson in this match which lasted 14 minutes, 58 seconds. And Lance Archer pinned Juice Robinson with an EBD claw uh, to become the seventh IWGP US heavyweight champion in what turned out to be a no disqualification match. And I think it's fair to say this match was a bit rushed because they wouldn't have had time to plan it properly. And it just, it felt like sort of a bad WWE style street fight where it's just, a lot of spots with tables and chairs that take ages to set up and then happen and then, okay, let's move on to the next spot. But I, you know, I, I don't want to dig it out too badly because like I said, it was a, a late replacement thing and it was just a great moment for Lance Archer because this is uh, a guy who we've been championing and saying that he deserves to get a title, this very title actually. I think, you know, we said numerous times on the show that he'd be a great US champion and he's got it now. So very pleased to see that. And then, the return of uh, David Finley, Debbie Chan, after the match. 
Yeah, first time I've seen a pair of Vans in a pro wrestling ring. Um, yeah, you look good, right? Good to see him back. Um, I guess he'll be the next challenger for Lance, which is uh, interesting to say the least. I like Lance with the title. Um, again, I I never like to say, oh, he deserves it, but uh, I think it's you know, given the hand that they were dealt, I think it's a smart move. I like it. Um, I I told everyone that I could that would listen how I felt Lance was a star signing autographs and on all three of these, you know, the Philly, the Lowell, the Boston or in New York, Philly, Boston show. I felt like he was he was a star. He had an aura. There was something that was clicking. So hey, make the most of it. Let's give him a, let's give him this title, see what he can do with it. Um yeah, the match um as far as no DQ, it does make things a little bit, and I put this in air quotes, easier to plan at least. I mean, listen, I'm not the one going through a fucking table, so easy schmeasy. But, again, you can, you know, you can kill a lot of time doing a lot of that. With the chairs and the tables and setting shit up and all, all that nonsense that goes into it. And the, and the pile of chairs. It just didn't feel like it fit the show. Like it really, this match felt like it stuck out like a sore thumb, um, and I, and I don't know if necessarily for the better. And this might be one of those reasons why we didn't see Liger and Suzuki go crazy, right? Even though the build was there, maybe they specifically said, "Okay, we got to make it different because we're going to have two matches that are pretty much going to be the same," right? Very good possibility of. So. Uh, yeah, a lot of tables, a lot of chairs. Um, I can't say it was a great I don't. I don't know if I would even go so far as to say good match. There's a lot of people going through a lot of furniture. Um, if that's your thing, you'll love it. Um, if it's not your thing, Lance Archer won a title, so that's a positive. <laughs> there you go. A few questions on this app. Uh, VZYNDR says, Are no DQ matches always that dull? Or do I only seem to catch the bad ones? They just end up feeling like weak hardcore matches. Although proper hardcore is a little gruesome for my taste, but don't work on a regular wrestling level either. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan. And I don't think this was a good example of one. I have enjoyed some of the Big Japan death matches. There have been some really great ones in recent years, but uh, this wasn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, and I hate to expose the, my age, but I, I prefer older no-DQ matches. Um, as opposed to current ones. I feel like current ones do have this kind of formula where we got to put somebody through a table or we got to, you know, that seems to be the the exclamation point on a no DQ match, whereas before maybe there was a little bit more psychology going into it. Um, not to say all of them were great back in the 80s or 90s, but just, you know, it just seems like everything has to end with a fucking somebody going through a table in a no DQ match nowadays. And yeah, you're right. I'm well, not it the... didn't end with that. And there, there was a really, what well, I thought was a cool spot where Lance did the pounce with Juice going through the table. But then it seemed like they just carried on wrestling seconds after that one. So it's right. just a bit strange that. The, the pile of chairs, I think it was, right? So I, I, I should rephrase that. You're going through some type of furniture, right? Whether it's a pile of chairs, a table, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, so... 
I, I see that person's point. I'm not a big, huge fan of the death matches either. Uh, but yeah, they can be pretty dramatic. Um, it's not all. If you can kind of get past the fact that shards of glass are going through people's backs and they'll be permanently scarred for life, and enjoy, oh, this is a good story. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I, some of the deathmatch stuff is just too gruesome for me. I just, I can't, I can't sit through it. Um, but that being said, I have seen great pro wrestling matches, dramatic pro wrestling matches in the deathmatch style. Again, it's just hard for me to sometimes get to get through the gore of it. Um, sometimes a little bit turning of the stomach. Not, not for me. Dakota Ibushi on Twitter says, which juice look has been the best this year? Brad Pitt, Mad Hatter, Electric Green Frills, Baja Blast, Thundertaker, or Leopard Chaps Fargo? <laughs> he did come out. I thought it, with the... With the uh, the the Lennon glasses and the, uh, the little furry hat. I was very Liam Gallagherish. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the neon. I like him neon-y. I, I, you know, the bears. I don't know if he's doing fucking edibles in the back or I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, I like his haircut now. I think the haircut now is good. I do miss the dreads though. I think the dreads were an important thing. But again. New Japan does that thing where you know those those small subtle changes in style and haircuts and outfits and all that stuff helps tell a story of a of a progression. Uh, I mean, he looks fine. He's a good looking dude. He he ain't hurt. Let's put it that way. There was another really good post match promo on YouTube, so do check it out because Juice you know, pouring his soul out as he does with these things. Um, Art Quite Flame says, with Debbie Champ back, do you see Finn Juice doing well in Tag League or ever becoming IWGP Tag Team Champions? I think that would be a great shout. I would love to see Finn Juice winning the Tag League and winning the titles at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that would be a good move. Although, uh, whether or not that happens is another question. I don't know if Juice is done with the US title for now. Um, I expect they might want to go back to the Moxley match at some point. So, who knows? But I think that would be a good spot for the pair of them. I do too. But here's what I here's what we need to to do quickly and emphatically, and they and they can do it. They've done it before. We got to do something to really put a shine on David Finley. Like he's got to pick up some big wins quickly for this to happen. Because if he's David Finley, high on back from shoulder surgery, and he's fucking doing jobs the Tiger Mask, this ain't gonna work, right? There's got to be a, a, a conscious effort to make David Finley a bigger star than he is right now. And that means getting big wins over bigger names. It took a long, slow burn with Juice. We, we really don't got that much time if, 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 if we want these tag titles to move quickly. We got it. We got to. And my concern is, is that okay? So now, David Finley's going to challenge Lance Archer. David Finley's not doing, or Lance Archer's not doing the job to David Finley this quickly, right? I, I can't see that happening. Lance Lance has to has to win here. So again, now we're David Finley returns, and he's the same old David Finley. That can't happen for 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 anything good. To result of this, I said it's it. You need a handful of months, and that's going to determine where David Finley fits. David Finley's been lapped by a lot of people already. He's got to pick up big wins, or this means nothing. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, last question on the topic is uh, John, who asked on Twitter, thoughts on show favourite Lance Archer winning the US title long overdue. So yeah, we touched on that before. Uh, definitely great moment for him. So congratulations to friend of the show. Is he friend of the show, Lance Archer? I don't know. He is now. There he you is go. now. Uh, eighth match. <laughs> we had the IWGP Heavyweight Championship Rights Challenge contract match. The G1 Climax winner, Kota Ibushi, defeating the challenger Evil in 24 minutes, 5 seconds with a Kamigoye. And I thought this was a good match. I think these two got good chemistry. There were some really cool spots, like the double foot stomp counter to the Bronco Buster. And Evil, the, the, the moment later on in the match where Ibushi was going for the Bomaye and Evil just lariated it, the, the hell out of him. And I also think it was notable in this match that Evil kicked out of the first Kamigoy. I mean, he got Kamigoy again and pinned straight afterwards, but kicking out of a Kamigoy, not many people get to do that. So I thought Evil looked good in defeat here. And I've said this before, I think he's having a really good 2019. He had a very good G1. He's a big lad. I like to see him physically bullying his opponents. And admittedly, the result was a foregone conclusion, which did hurt the drama. But in spite of that, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, to me, I, I put this one slightly ahead of the main event in my enjoyment factor. Um, I feel, again, the the biggest problem that I had is at no point, and again, for both of these matches, there really wasn't a huge, oh my god, he's going to pull this one out and win factor during this entire match. There were there were moments where you were like, ah, shit, there you go. But you're just you you're waiting for the kick out. And I hate when I do that. It does spoil things for me. I, I self-sabotage my enjoyment of a match, it feels like. That's which is ridiculous, but I do do that. So um that's that would I guess that that's it's my own fault, right? But at no point did I feel like Abushi was losing. That being said, I really enjoyed the match. I think Evil is fantastic. I, I, I wish there were better things for him. And and I hate to bring back a, an old talking point, but sometimes I really just feel like this is as far as he can go with this current gimmick. I really feel like LIJ is on the verge of implosion. I really feel like this the next thing we see from LIJ is something happening with that faction where they are no longer. Because to me, a Sonata... And to me, an evil, and to a certain degree, Shingo, there is absolutely nothing for them to do. They they can't grow. They can't improve. They can't reach another level. Being tied down to being gatekeepers in LIJ. The best thing that you can hope for if you're an LIJ fan, if you're really serious about you're wanting these guys to be more successful than they are, is to break up LIJ. Because right now, this is who they are. They are gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. Um, and, and unless things change dramatically, you're not going to see evil holding an intercontinental title. Or even sniff a heavyweight title. Sonata, the same thing. Right? These guys are going to be never tag champions. That level. And unless LIJ breaks up and they, they get into a program where they can take a next level, lose the evil gimmick maybe, I don't know, this is this is their ceiling. And that's the sad state of it. So I don't want to hear 
everything in the Discord about uh, this. This is what this is. This is the reality of it. This is the reality of it. So take that for what it's worth. But my opinion would be, break it up and let's let these guys reach another level. Yes, definitely agree. And if for Wrestle Kingdom they're plugged back into the tag team picture, then that'll be such a disappointment. I think they really have to push for both of these guys to have meaningful singles programs at Wrestle Kingdom. Whether or not they do that is another question entirely. But um, let's talk about his partner then in the ninth match, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match with Kazuchika Okada defeating the challenger Sanada in 36 minutes 21 with a Rainmaker. I thought this match had a great start. Remember, we were talking last week, I wanted them to straight from the bell, 100 miles an hour, launching all their best moves at each other. They're clearly listening, so um, <laughs> it takes. I hope you're enjoying the show, Kazuchika and uh, Seiya. And the match had a great finish, but the middle lost me. I Maybe it was because I had a, a long day at work and didn't sleep much the night before because there were a lot of mosquitoes in my room. But I was nodding off during the middle of this match. And the Skull End still is just like absolute dog shit. Went on for an eternity. No one, not a single person in that crowd thought that there was a snowball's chance in hell of Okada tapping out to that Skull End. They just didn't buy it. But um, in spite of that, they did, they did recover. Very hot crowd for the closing. But, um, you know, as we say, the closing stretches for New Japan main events are always good. But even so, again, it's, it's like a maybe unfair to call this match a shit sandwich. But <laughs> I like the start a lot. I like the end a lot. But I did not enjoy the middle of it at all. Yeah. And we had a quite memorable post-match with Sonata crying, which I thought, Damon, was fantastic. Because this is the sort of character development and emotion that I've been craving from Sonata for a very long time. Because he always seems like a guy, you know, he wins a huge match or he loses a huge match. His face is exactly the same. He just looks like he doesn't care and wanders off. And yeah, people say, oh, that's his gimmick. That's his gimmick. But you need to see more than that. So I thought it was a really nice touch to see him actually breaking down into tears. So interested to see if that amounts to anything. So, uh, and again, this is just another one that suffered from it being a foregone conclusion. I mean, you could say that about most of their series. They've had four matches this year. I think the best one for me was the G1 match because I didn't know necessarily what was going to happen. But the New Japan Cup final, we knew that Sonata's not going to be main eventing Madison Square Garden. We knew he wasn't going to win the title at Dontaku and we know he's not going to win the title here. So three of those four matches, you know that Okada's going to win, which did hurt the drama somewhat. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? I mean, it was a safe title defense for Okada to get a win and, and lead up to to Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, it's really what it feels like. It was a safe title defense for a guy that you, that everybody was, whether it's, you know, that he's not signed with, you know, long-term with New Japan or that he um, just isn't in the position to do so. Whatever, whatever, whatever reasoning, it was a safe, easy pinfall victory that Okada can have at King of Pro Wrestling that, again, Whatever reason you want to speculate on, he Sonata is is adored by that crowd. I think the crowd and and I, I, if you follow Frazier on um on Twitter, he's you know of course lives in in Tokyo and goes to all these shows. 
He's had a lot of the Rugby World Cup, too. He's having a great time. Jealous of that guy. Uh, he, you know, he even said the crowd was red hot for for Sonata. They they want they wanted him, but he also had the 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 idea that no one believes he's going to win. <laughs> right? uh, you could watch the last ten minutes into this match and really kind of get the feel for everything that led up to that last ten minutes, and probably enjoy the match a thousand times more than if you watched it from bell to bell. Last 10 minutes were really, really fucking good. Last five minutes specifically. Um, and you're right. There were patches where it was just like, I'm looking at my phone, I'm doing a lot of other things. And I had to remind myself, oh, I really should be watching this. I do a podcast on this. <laughs> That's a struggle to me. Like, you know, trust me, even more so that I think like if I were to rank both of them, Felt like Evil had a better shot at winning the the briefcase, the the contract, whatever, than Sonata did beating Okada. Like for for all that, I was like, ah, eh, there's no fucking way Evil's winning this thing. It was triple that for the Okada match. Uh, that hurts. So now, what am I watching for? I'm watching for moves. You know, I'm watching for match quality. And, and sometimes that can be a bit of a, a slog to me. I'd rather be emotionally in and watch my pro wrestling than, oh, nice move, the, the crisp, blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? So, uh, again, last 10 minutes were really good. It, no one thought he was winning, and I think that hurt the match the most. Um, and I think that hurts Matt. The, the show overall. I know people were talking about how this show, King of Pro Wrestling, is in contention for show of the year. I don't know if I'm in that camp. I'm, I, I'll am i tell you right now, I'm not in that camp. I thought it was a good show. I, I don't think it's show of the year contender. We had a lot of questions on this one as well. Uh, Dynamite Scott says, Sonata looked genuinely teared up after his King of Pro Wrestling loss. Any favorite high emotion moments? Oh, in pro wrestling? In, in pro wrestling? Mm. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I, look, the first thing, when I think about emotional pro wrestling, the first thing out of the gate is, <laughs> unfortunately, or retirement, but it's Terry Funk's in, in, in all Japan. I mean, a crowd that is just red fucking. Look, I don't care what anybody says. There is no one more over than Terry Funk in all Japan pro wrestling in 1982-ish, that that no one watch that fucking crowd. They love this guy, and his retirement was you know his first you know the, the famous forever forever that that one. Watch that; it's unbelievable. Like human beings reacting to pro wrestling is it's it's unlike anything you'll ever see. Like that to me that that's number one on the list. Of 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 emotional pro wrestling, um, I th- I think one of the ones that, that might be a little bit underrated is Flair beating Vader, and the, and and the, and one of the rare times WCW did something fucking great was you know they had Okerlund at Ric Flair's house with his family and you know he's kissing him goodbye ready to go to the arena and they're they're traveling with him and he's nervous and I thought that was great dramatic emotional pro wrestling his win absolutely. Um, 
you know, though, right up, right out of gate. I mean, those two are, are really great examples of like if you want emotion. I mean, Shibata making his return right in more recent times when again they did that far shot and then you hear the opening guitar plucks of of Shibata's music and everybody's staring at each other and you hear the gasp from the crowd and him walking out and again the tears uh, of people you know the guy nearly fucking you know died he's in the ring so there's another good example so look pro wrestling at its best is when it does that let's let's be truthful um how about you? Talk to me about emotional pro wrestling. On the state one, I may have mentioned it before, was Yuji Nagata's final G1 match against Bad Luck Fale. And a lot of people were expecting him to win, but he didn't. He, you know, he's hoisted up for that Bad Luck 4, and you're just waiting for him to wriggle out of it, but he doesn't, and he hits the ground, and you're like, oh my God, he's going to lose. And then he lo- loses clean. And then afterwards, you know, they had the, the senpai-kohai relationship in the dojo, if I remember correctly. So then... Uh, Nagata does the Blue Justice salute at Farley. Oh no, Farley goes for the two sweet. Nagata does the Blue Justice salute and then Farley bows uh, in deference to his old uh, senpai. And I thought that was a really very touching moment. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty. I mean, Kenta Kabashi's retirement. I mean, just that one shot with all the fucking streamers. Oh my God. Um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, it's like trying to, to you know, just picking stuff. You could reach into a barrel and pick something up and be like, oh, that was a great moment. You know, emotional pro wrestling. Um, I mean, Nakamura's last match in, in, in at Corkin and everybody in the ring and Okada carrying Nakamura on his shoulders around the ring. That's, that's, that's a pretty good one. It's a pretty nice one. Um so yeah, there's there's plenty. I'm sure I like to hear other people's. We, you know, let's remind everybody that why we watch it is for this reason. Uh, but there's there's hundreds that people can just cherry pick off a tree and and find really great moments in pro wrestling. Chris says after the main event, I don't know if anyone else felt this, but with Sonata showing so much emotion, I got immediate flashbacks to Wrestle Kingdom nine when Okada lost to Tanahashi and was in tears going to the back. Is 2020 going to finally be the big year for Sonata? No, oh, there's there's nothing that tells me that that would be the case. Again, my idea. What's he be- missing though? What, what what does he what does he need to do or show for you personally? If you had the book, Damon, to think, yes, this is a guy that we need to pull the trigger on and make the heavyweight champion. He's because he's not. There's there's guys that are just more have more of an aura of a star okada tanahashi did something on this fucking show that was so subtle and it blew my mind and i was just like you know what you really so jay white is arguing i'm the best i'm the, the the best there is no one's better than me Goto, no, 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 no. He's doing that. He goes around, and Tanahashi's on the mic in commentary. And Jay White gets in Tanahashi's face, and he's like, I'm the best. And Tanahashi just had this smug look of just an aura of a fucking star. And he just looked, didn't get hyped up, didn't yell. And he just had this little shit-eating grin, shaking his head. Nah, I'm the best. And it was fucking 
fantastic. Like, nah, you can pretend. Yeah, I'm the best. Sonata doesn't have that. Sonata doesn't have the aura of being a top guy, right? He just doesn't. And 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 I don't know if that's something that you learn or you something that you just have. Is if, if that is that it thing that people always talk about? Is that it? I, I don't see it with him. I just don't. He, athletic, absolutely. Charisma, okay. He's got it's a weird charisma. Doesn't necessarily stick with me, but okay. He doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. He's not. He doesn't have an aura. Even Kenta Miyahara. He has an aura. And it's just, I don't know. It just it just doesn't stick with me. Like bro- this brooding like this this I don't even you know I don't get it. Like that to me that just, just doesn't equate top guy. I'm just sorry. He just doesn't have that aura. Yeah. For me, up until this point, it was the lack of emoting and his inability to cut a good promo. And I still haven't heard a a really top-quality promo from him. So I don't know if he just needs to build up his confidence or acting skills or or whatever. But I think with the tears, it came closer. Because that, again, was a a moment of emotion, which we haven't really seen from Sonata up until this point. Um, So, question at Visa by NDR says, it was my first time seeing an... New Japan show in Japan. So I have a vital question. I was cheering for Sonata, but I wore an Okada t-shirt I bought earlier that day because all of Sonata's shirts look like shit. Am I a traitor or should fashion always outweigh wrestler preference? Traitor. Traitor. You're a traitor. It's funny because we talk about that all the time with our friend Fumi uh, being a traitor. (laughs) Uh, Rooting for, in some cases, Kenny Omega. Uh, but then we would be at the dome, and he'd be like, "Oh, I'm going back to Okada." I'm thinking, what are you doing? You're a traitor. Uh, e- root for root for the person you're rooting for. That's that's what I say. You're not going to show up in another person's t-shirt. I'm not a big pro wrestling t-shirt guy. Like at shows, I wear like the Lions Mark one. I, I think we talked about this before. Um, and I agree, the Sonata t-shirts are fucking horseshit. Want to be caught dead wearing one of those things. Um, but yeah, you got to stick with your heart. You got to stick with who you're rooting for. Show your support. Don't be a coward. Stick with stick with your guns. Munti on the Discord says the IWGP Heavyweight Title scene feels pretty stale at the moment, especially with Omega leaving and Tanahashi being phased out. How would you fix it? Yeah, this is a tough one because it seems that the IWGP title is can only be won by a very, very, very small select group of wrestlers it's at the moment it's okada naito jay white possibly ibushi i mean tanahashi would would you see him winning it again i'm not sure no but you can put him in the mix way out yeah i mean in in the mix yes but as a credit as a person who you think yes he's going to win it in this match i don't know if he if tanahashi's in that conversation anymore so what we're looking at three maybe four guys and that's a problem isn't it no, I don't want everybody to win it. No, not everyone to win it, but everyone to have a realistic shot at winning it because all the other defenses, you know, your defense against Evil yeah. or against right. Zack or against Suzuki or against Sanazo, you know there is zero chance of that belt changing hands. Yeah, and I did spend two hours complaining about that very thing. Yeah, 
I, I mean, you can't have both. My fear is that if everybody, well, again, I, I, I think they try their best to. They, they run into this problem every year. Like, if anybody's going to point a finger at some of the the issues New Japan has with with their their calendar year and the booking, it's this time of year that's always a challenge. Seven years they've had this fucking briefcase, and it hasn't changed hands once. Again, you got to keep people honest. Nobody expects that title to change or that briefcase to change hands. Um, and the title well, defense. For me, it's, it's like a question of elevating people to the point where they are at that big boy table. So, like 2017, it seemed like they're focusing on Kenny. We're going to build up Kenny to the point where he is a, a credible title challenger. And then 2018 was all about Jay White. Let's get Jay White to that point. 2019, it seems like Ibushi. We want to get Kota Ibushi to the point where you think, yes, he might actually have a shot of winning this. So, But it seems like it's just one guy per year who is elevated to that spot. And I don't know if that's enough. I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. Um, it is it is one guy. And we, I've had wrestlers in the promotion kind of echo what you're saying is, is that, oh, it's, it, they're focused on this guy. And, it's, and that and that's I'm not going to be in that mix, right? <laughs> um, so you know, I see that I see that that's New Japan, though. I mean, that's that's kind of what they do. Um, would we want? Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, with that being said, we're sitting here talking about a, a tournament that you know, again, while it's not etched in stone. If everything comes to pass, I think this is going to be the first time where you walk into January 4th with, okay, we don't really know what's going to happen at when, when we leave the Dome on January 5th, right? And, I, and, I, and that feels different to me. Like, you'll legitimately, it'll feel like you have four guys that are in the mix. Four, as opposed to one. So actually, I think they've done a decent job of building up other people. Jay White. Again, all the mini-bosses. Jay White's got to get past Goto. Abushi's got to get past Evil. Okada's got to get past uh, uh, Sonata. You know, that's, that's a, this, is, this is all good. Because again, you, by, from drinking strong zeros outside on the 4th to hugs and kisses... See you tomorrow on the sixth. At the do- after the after the dome on the fifth, we got four people that are in the mix. That's 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 different than the standard. Let's build up one guy for a year. Uh, I think they're doing a good job with that this year. So I think next year they should be bringing someone else to that table. I don't know who it is, but I think there is a an opening with the maybe the uncertainty even if you know the rumors are not to be believed about Suzuki leaving that he is 52 and he's not going to be around for too much longer so there's a spot there for being the head of a faction and you think a good way to do that would be you know pick a guy who you want to be at that top table and let's say by the end of 2020 that guy is going to be the leader of the new whatever goon you're calling it so if you had to pick one guy, Damon, who, again, by the end of 2019, yeah. no, the end of 2020, 
is at that table with Okada, Naito, Jay White, Ibushi. Who's the guy? <sighs> you think it's a young lion? Or is that too... Or, I think it's a bit, bit too soon. Bit too soon. Juice? Is Juice one of those guys? I or think he's he got all the tools and the talent to do that, to be that guy. For him, it's just a question of the way that he's booked. He's got to stop being the guy who jobs to the incoming Western superstar. Yeah. Yeah. I think... He's a great wrestler. Fans love him. Young. He can cut amazing promos. He's young. He seems very committed to the company. What more do you want? Yeah. They, 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 they got to turn the corner on the booking on that, though. How about a guy like... Again, we're talking two years' time, right? How about a guy like Carl Fredericks? Too soon? Mm. No, because how old is Carl Fredericks? He's been around I don't in think Indies. He's that young. No, he's not. I don't think he's that young. I mean, he's not like he's nineteen. I, I'm going to say twenties, mid twenties. Would I be far? Let's have a look at his profile. Doesn't say New York website doesn't say how old he is. <laughs> really? Probably gives his fucking Which blood. That type. must mean that he's old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 46. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to me, it's... I tweet him, how old are you? How old are you, <laughs> Right. Uh, again, right now, if, if I look at that middle tier of guys, again, evil would need a new coat of paint. I'm sorry. You're not going to get that far with evil. I'm sorry. You're just not. Um, Shingo should be Shingo. Shingo. You can have okay. Shingo Goon, but again, he's what thirty six, thirty seven. Right. I think there is a problem with young heavyweights, especially young Japanese heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, but the good news is is that we always rave about the young lions and how they have this great feeder system, right? Of develop developmental. Um, it's going to take a little bit to get to that point, though, right? There's again, you can't just plop them in the mix um, right out of the gate. I mean, I say that, but look at Jay White. Jay White, White comes back from excursion, and he is in a semi-main event against Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. Right? Not like they can't do it. Not like they can't do it. I wouldn't be opposed to uh, Oka coming back. Let's say he comes back in March. If they book him like a complete badass, like the same way they book Jay White, basically, have him come in, I don't know, attack Suzuki, challenge him for ownership of the faction, just, you know, destroy him, having like some sort of suplex machine gimmick. That could work. But again, it's, it's all down to the booking. You, you could pick any of these guys, to be fair, because they've all got the talent. They've all got the in-ring chops. And a lot of them have got the charisma, it's just a question of who's your guy and then just pulling the trigger on him and booking them strongly for that calendar year to, to elevate them to that point. Yep. Yeah, I hate, I, hate, I hate to be that indecisive about it, but that's exactly it. Um, and unless they do some... It's all about the booking. That That's really the end of the day. It's all about the booking. Uh, Max 64 on the Discord says, was King of Pro Wrestling a better show than Dominion this year? I don't think it peaked as highly as Dominion because I thought that Ibushi-Naito match at Dominion was spectacular. Yeah. And 
I'm struggling to... Re- oh, uh, Osprey Dragon Lee. I really love that as well. So, Dominion. Uh, yeah, I think Dominion's a better show. Me too. Me too. Let's talk about the Super Junior Tag League. So we have the teams announced oh. for that. We have Tiger Mask and Yuya Uemura, Yusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles, Rapongi 3K, Volador Jr. and Titan, TJP and Clark Connors, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo, and El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So just first blush, Damon, what do you feel about this lineup? It's okay, right? Um, I think it's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you have that sexiness that you may have had in previous years with like uh, Red Dragon and right, Young Bucks. We should compare it to last year. So um, the same. So still in from last year: Kanemaru, Desperado, Shoyo, Ishimori, Eagles, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Volador. Out of the mix, we have Bushi, Shingo, Kushida, Sabin, ACH, Liger, and Soberano. And in, we have Uemura, Rocky, Osprey, Titan, TJP, Connors, and El Fantasmo. I mean, to me, it's a wash. It, the, in terms of the quality, I'd say it's about the same as last year. But when it was announced, I was a bit like, oh, really? Is that it? But now I think about it, there are still, I would say, four really good teams with a serious shot at winning it. Osprey Eagles. Uh, Kanemaru, Despi, Rapongi, and who's your who's your fourth? Uh, the junior tag team champions, Damon, Tyson Mori and El Fantasmo. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know why it feels a little underwhelming to me. Kind of does, but yeah. Now that you spell it out, it's it's yeah, it's a wash. Um, it's hard. For, it's hard to to get juiced up over this for me. Usually these are pretty good. You know, for the past couple of years, these have been actually pretty good. So I don't know what the fuck my problem is. Um, and this, it, this kicks off like tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah, we have some quite tasty batches coming up. Uh, let me have a look and see exactly. So this is from Krakowin Hall. We've got two back-to-back nights at Krakowin where our top two matches tomorrow... Are Rapongi 3K against Kanemaru Desperado, so a rematch from the opening for King of Pro Wrestling. Main event: Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay against El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori, which was, I believe, at Destruction. I want to say in Kobe, one of the Destruction shows, and it was great. So yeah. getting a rematch of that, so that'll be really good. And then Thursday, also crack on Hall, top two matches: we got Kanemaru Desperado versus ELP and Ishimori, and then main event: Birds of Prey, Eagles, Osprey against Rapongi 3K. So. Right off the bat, I think you've got four really top-quality tag matches there that yeah. we should get excited about. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, on paper, those look very sexy. So, yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's post-King uh, of Pro Wrestling burnout. It just seems like it's right on top of us, right? This junior tag just plopped on our lap. But, yeah. I mean, look, if, we're, if, we're do, if you're doing a little bit of a deeper dive on this, those are some pretty sexy nights at Corkin. And I think they'll be very good. So... We got some good pro wrestling to watch this week. Good. All right. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there were some notable absentees here. There's no Dragon Lee, no Bushi, no Jonathan Gresham. And it's worth pointing out that Ring of Honor has a set of UK shows during the Power Struggle Tour. So the guys who would have been feasible for the Junior Tag League, you know, Marty Skull, Flip Gordon, Gresham, Bandido before he got hurt, were announced for those ROH shows some time ago. So that's why we're not getting them. Uh, at Renegade Dugong says on Twitter, who would you pick as favourites for the Junior Tag League, assuming the winners challenge for the titles at the Dome? It really doesn't seem like there's any obvious pick, unless it's Rapongi 3K again to give them something to do. Uh, Damon, 
I am terrified that we can end up either at the end of this tournament or at Wrestle Kingdom or both with a multi-team match, maybe even a four-way between those four teams that I mentioned. I'll tell you oh, what. My fears founded. Oh, I think I think those fears are, are rooted in uh, in, a, in a lot of fact. Look, I would go so far as to say I'd be willing to double the strong zero purchasing. I go double or nothing. You're, you're going to see a multi-man junior heavyweight title match on one of those two dome shows. I fucking guarantee it. I'll go double or nothing. Are you, you willing to take that bet? Uh, nope. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, who do you think wins the tournament? Rapongi. The league. Rapongi, yeah? Yeah. I do. I do. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's going to be Eagles and Osprey, right? Do you? Do you have Osprey? In the junior tag title scene for Wrestle Kingdom, or is he no, above that? He's above. That. He's the junior champion. Of course, right. he's not going to be doing that. So we could take them off the table. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's 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 reason one. You're putting him marquee matchup for the junior title. Yeah. So take them off the. So then, plate. so we're looking Rapongi 3K and Kanemaru Desperado, who were in the mix last year. Yep. And then, what well, we're just replacing Bushi Shingo with El Fantasmo Ishimori. Absolutely correct. Because you know the tag champions aren't going to win the fucking tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That's this, I mean, that's unfortunately, unless they throw a monkey wrench in here, it's kind of one of the reasons why maybe I'm not as hyped up for this tournament as I should be. Because, again, match quality-wise, it looks good. But you kind of just, okay, this, this, these people need something to do. These people need something to do. Schmazola, multi-man tag. <laughs> And, and they've done it, and they've done it repeatedly, and they've done it repeatedly, right? It's not like this is this would be a new fucking thing. I mean, how many years have we seen multi-man tags for the junior titles opening a Wrestle Kingdom? It's tradition almost. So, yeah, why why break that tradition? I guess how the first couple of nights play out will tell us a lot about what direction they're going in. Uh, let me just have a look at the, these lineups and see. I mean, if we... All right, so showing you against Kanemaru Desperado. I'm just thinking, could we have a, a situation where all four of those teams have got one win and one loss? And it's a multi-tie. So K. <laughs> yeah, so right <laughs> off the bat, we're getting a four-way tie between these teams. Uh yeah, I think it could happen. Yeah, so let's say Shonyo beat Kanemaru Desperado and then Birds of Prey beat Phantasmo Ishimori. And then on the second night, Kanemaru Desperado beat Phantasmo Ishimori. Oh no, that doesn't work, does it? No. I've gone cross-eyed. Oh, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up on that. It's the pad tie kicking in. Yeah, all right. Well, where are you uh, Joe Gagne on Twitter says, do you prefer the Junior Tag League as a round robin tournament or a single elimination tournament like it used to be? I like single elimination, honestly. It just makes the matches a little bit more important. And you know, Sometimes round robin, you, it, it, like just one and done. I like one and dones. 
I, I, I like those tournaments much better than round robins. Anything where there's less wrestling for me to watch. <laughs> I hate to sound ungrateful, but that's, that's, that's always going to be preferable because I do have something that I laughingly refer to as a life. <laughs> right. And when there's less wrestling, then I get to do more of that. So, right, it makes it more special. Yeah. It makes it more special. Again, I, I'm somewhat envious sometimes of people who can hop in and out of just the big shows and they don't have to slog through road to, you know, Sometimes, sometimes it's a little much. Sometimes it's a little much. But, uh, hey, we love it. This is why we do it. This is why we do it. Someone's going to cut that and put it in a little music video and put it on Twitter for us. Oh, my God. Wasn't that so funny? Who did that? That was Cody Wrestling, right? At Cody Wrestling, was it? Yes. I think it was at Cody Wrestling 21, I want to say. I did retweet it. Yeah, that was brilliant. Cody Wrestling 21, yes. Cody Wrestling 21. Give that person a follow because what a what a sharp mind that was and great editing skills by the way uh i i, I must have played that thing a hundred times and laughed as hard as i could each and every time it never got lost on me uh real hero eric sent it to him he was loving it he was cracking up with it so uh excellent job uh, again for those of you who do not know go uh, go to the twitter and it's on there but it's he mixed in um backstreet boys that uh, tell me why ain't... so I when, when I did the uh, the shopping guy tell me why we want to well he put in that and it's just fucking good that I, I laughed enjoy it all right let's dip into some questions from our wonderful listeners uh, discord then Xavier says what chance do we have of getting a new event in place of the world tag league um, no I think the world tag league is there to stay David yeah unfortunately <laughs> I really wish they would get rid of it. I really do, because it doesn't mean shit all to me. Uh, except that last night. Just have one match. Just have one match. Damn, this tournament. Um, all these tournaments. Uh, yeah, I wish they would, but they're not going to. Uh, yep, so enjoy your Gorillas of Destiny versus Evil Sonata final, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aspire says, past G1 finals question, Shingo's G1 versus Osprey's best of the Super Juniors. Which did you prefer? Hmm. I mean, that's really going. What's I going think to... I might lean slightly towards Shingo's G one actually. That best of the Super Juniors was pretty fucking great. I really feel like that's what's going to come. That, that's what's going to boil down. Like, what did you prefer, the, the Shingo's G one, and even Will's G one was pretty good. That fucking Okada match. Go back and watch that. Um, that's going to be the difference between a lot of the wrestler of the year votes that we'll have this year for our, once again, year-end awards. Um, so those two tournaments are going, especially those matches involving those two guys, that's, that's really going to be the deciding factor on, on where votes fall for wrestler of the year this year. So I'm sure that will be on just about everyone's rewatch lists list for voting. Uh, Dakota Ibushi says if Mox and Jericho work Wrestle Kingdom who would you want to see them face I think Jericho Tanahashi's locked in Mox I I want to see him have the match with Juice again but I don't know how we'd get there yeah I'd like uh, to if see not that, that I think again Moxley Suzuki would be fun mm, that was the one I was going to go with Moxley Suzuki just to see what that how that would fucking pan out um, 
Yeah, I, I, I preferably would like to see the juice thing settle down, settle in, get get some resolution there. But a mox Suzuki, that's 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 interesting to say the least. I'd be into that just for the uh, the the, sh- the sheer. Uh, this never happened before, and this could be very interesting kind of thing. So, uh, anyway, you want to go there? That's fine. Why do rest? Oh, the Vase Collector four twenty. Why do wrestlers persist in using vaguely punk rock look slash gimmicks when punk's been dead for thirty or more years? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just a pro wrestling thing, right? At this point, um, I mean, it's kind of like why do does every? I don't know. It's it's it, look. I, I guess in, in a lot of ways, there is a bit of a crossover between a loud, aggressive music preference and pro wrestling. I do find that a lot. So whether you kind of fall into a heavy metal guy or a punk guy, um, there is something to be said about that that crossover. Um, it's an easy gimmick, right? Uh, you don't really have to spend a lot on gear if you're punk rock, right? Uh, that's that that might be closer to the truth. And again, you can be, you could do that, and it's an easy way for you to be outlandish and not have to spend a lot of money. I really think that might have a lot to do with it. That that it's an easy thing to be crazy punk rock guy uh, and not have to spend a lot of money on gear, right? It's a lot easier to be crazy punk rock guy than crazy. Guy who thinks he's an angel, <laughs> or I don't know, you know, a wizard. I don't know. Um, and again, there is this kind of feeling of punk rock. You're a tough guy. You're on the streets. You're a thug. So maybe a comment. Yeah, it's like it's a very easy like visual signifier of certain tropes that is understood worldwide, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, you see, you, to this day, you still see the, you know, the. The footage from the seventies with a fucking bunch of guys in London with leather jackets and mohawks, and you're like, oh, these guys probably aren't the nicest of people. Um, so it's an easy thing to kind of communicate that. Oh, this is a this is a tough guy. So there you go. Uh, next one, Mixelplex says, would you which would you rather see rise from the ashes of Suzuki Gun if Suzuki is really on his way out in the near future? Taichi Gun, Saber Gun, or Takagi Gun? Everybody's in that in that idea of Shingo hopping over there, um, which would be cool. I love Zach though. I mean, but no, I, it's, I, it's kind of writes itself, doesn't it? Like you know, do the uh, like the same thing that WWE did with the what was it, the Evolution stable. So you have Naito winning at Wrestle Kingdom. He's got his double belt, and then uh, New Year Dash, the big Lij celebration. Shingo hoisted him up in the air, yay, Naito, and then drops him, smash him on the floor. And like, ah, fuck you, I'm betraying Lij. I tell you what, that wouldn't that be great? Again, I hate to say it, I know this breaks people's hearts, but that's that's Lij's got to dissolve for a lot of people to move on, and a Shingo Naito, that's sexy. That's fucking sexy. And again, that would be impactful at that at that dash show. We might, you might be going to that dash show. <laughs> I can't, I'm supposed to be back at work on the 6th. I'm going to have to take one personal day as it is. So, right, I'm just I'll saying. Think about that. I, I mean, I, I'm almost 100% going now. I, I got to get it. I got it. Mm. It's fu- I, how can I knock out a Liger's retirement? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, and it's yeah, not like no, I'm in. You. you know what I mean? It's not like I'm in fucking Iowa. I'm, I'm, I'm in the city. I just got to take a twenty minute subway ride. I, man, I, I gotta fucking go. It's gotta happen. Okay, let's have a look at some Twitter questions. Michael says Rocky Romero's best tag team. The wackier the criteria, the better. So, what are we looking at here? There was the Forever Hooligans, yep. uh, Rapongi Vice, and this new coach. Coach and coach tag team with him and Taguchi. I was a big I like fan. the coach and coach. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I like the. Uh, uh, I like Forever Hooligans. I like that. I like. Uh, I, d- I did like him with Trent too. I thought that was pretty goofy. I like that dynamic. So I might go that route. I might okay. go. I might go that route with, with Rapongi. Yeah. Here's my wacky criteria: which, which of those tag teams would consume the most strong zeros in a night out? Taguchi probably right. You think Taguchi could pound? It's funny out? that because the, the, the Rapongi Vice team they had a move called Strong Zero, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see Trent Beretta as being a guy that can drink a lot. Like I think Taguchi is underrated in his drinking ability. I bet you he can fucking put down plenty of them. Uh, I'm going Taguchi. I think Taguchi is an underrated drinker, and he's goofy. Yeah, I think I'm going that route. I'm going that route. Scott says, taking Okada Tanahashi, Naito's Switchblade, and Ibushi off the table, what five from current roster would you have in the title scene slash faces in New Japan? All right, so we're going Shingo. Yep. Uh, Osprey. Yep. Sabre. Yep. I'm putting Sonata in there. Sure. Just because I think he has come on a lot. And Taichi. How about Juice? Oh yeah, Juice. He deserves to be in there. I think Juice is a better. For me, would be above Zach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zach. Oh, fucking, I, I just. Hmm. Zach's had a, a sluggish tough. year, but you know, I mean, he's he's tapped out everybody. Name me another guy that's that's fucking tapped out everybody in that yeah. fucking promotion. All I'm right. Zach. Yeah, Zach gets the nod. Uh, Joel says, who's the next major New Japan wrestler to come over to America who would actually succeed in WWE or AEW? A Japanese New Japan wrestler? It would have to be someone who speaks English. Yeah, would help, wouldn't it? Kenta. Mm. (laughs) Oh, that already happened. Kenta would be great in AEW. I think they would give him the platform to succeed. And he speaks English really well, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, checks those boxes. I mean, he didn't do too well his first time out in WWE, but um, Kenton AEW would be fun. Um, yeah, I want somebody who could speak English really well. Um, that would be hard to find. I mean, like, really well. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I think Suzuki would do really well. And and like you know, imagine Suzuki in WWE, Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela. <laughs> but Suzuki in WWE, like he could he could not necessarily do that Nakamura role, but he could be like uh, take it easy. You know what I mean? They like can kind of go off into the sunset, so he could still be a badass, and he still has that evil face look. You know, where you know you know how Vince loves that 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 fucking over the top dramatic y you know zoom in shot on facial expressions. He could do that all day long. 
and be a badass and throw things around and be a you know a, a loon and really not have to work that hard, right? You know what I mean? Like he has an aura about him that is scary and evil and badass, and he has the facial expressions and all that shit. I bet you Suzuki could do really fucking well in WWE. If I mean, obviously booking aside, but like you know, if, if we're doing it right, I bet you he could be a really cool killer heel. I really do. I think it'd be a good one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michael CC says, do you think Kent to the Bullet Club was always the plan or have they just leaned into the heat he was getting? I don't I think it's it was just, Everything fit together so perfectly with him. Yeah, it did. But I, I just don't see that being the plan. I mean, it just, I, re- I really thought, I, 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 and I don't know 100%, but I, to me, it feels like one of those things where they, they leaned into it and then they took advantage and they, they, they called an audible and, and they ran with it. Um, again, him joining Bullet Club, let's be honest, is really not that big of a, like a, like a, like a, from a structural and a booking thing. It's really not that big of a deal, right? He, he could do everything, you know, he could still hold the title in Bullet Club or outside of Bullet Club. Bullet Club thing just adds, it's just another layer and just a little dynamic. And it's not really, you know, it's not like Ghetto's got to rip out 500 cheats, you know, out of his notebook to, to make do with it. You know, put him in Bullet Club. Okay, okay, you're going to be a heel. Great. Okay, you're going to wear a Bullet Club T-shirt. <laughs> you know, it's not that big of a deal uh, overall. Um, yeah, I think I, I I personally feel like it it was an audible. Uh, got a few Wrestle Kingdom questions here. Uh, David says, do you think it's prob- probable that Tanahashi could go for a title if Jericho doesn't show at Wrestle Kingdom 14? Yes, I mean, like I said, he's always one of those guys that you throw in throw in the mix for any title, and it would make sense. Problem is, which one, right? Again, if we're talking about all these this this math that has to fucking work its way out for this tournament to work out, I don't know how you put him in the mix for that. Um, so, uh, to me, you pencil him in on the fifth against Liger, um, and mm-hmm. on the f- and on the fourth, um, I mean, what's he doing on the fourth? Uh, let's, I'm putting Jericho in there, and he's okay. challenging Jericho for the AEW title. There you go. There you go. That's a per- that, <laughs> honestly, let's be truthful. That's a, that's a pretty nice spot. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. RSY1376 says, do you know who will be on commentary at Wrestle Kingdom? I really like Don Callis, but does New Japan lose credibility having him call so few shows in 2019? Should they move on and get a settled A-team doing more than two shows a year? And if so, who? Kevin, Rocky, Kevin, and Gino? I would say, you know, at this point in time, it's Kevin, Gino, and Chris Charlton. That that would be your commentary team. Yeah, I've definitely seen enough from Gino where I think he deserves that. I think he's really good in his spot. Yep, he's done very well. It pains me to say it, Damon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, it's kind of like when um, you you lose to the uh, eventual champions. You know what I mean? So you you know it's like oh well, at least we lost to the champions. He's doing really well. So uh, good 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 for Gina. Good job. Violent Skipping says, while I appreciate it falling on the weekend is a factor, you'd assume that if the double dome goes well, New Japan would seek to replicate it in the future. If so, could you see the IC title mini tournament becoming a regular fixture? You could crown a new champion each year at the New Japan Cup, while whoever holds the belt at any time during the year is in with a shot at the dome main event. I feel that this could differentiate the IC belt amid the sprawl of secondary titles while keeping it at main event level. 
I don't, don't think, think it's going to be a regular thing. I think no, neither do I. Off. I don't even think double domes is a regular thing. I think they took advantage of the fact that um, there's a lot of excitement in Tokyo. They've got a lot of big marquee events. The Rugby World Cup, as much as maybe you know, somebody sitting here outside Philadelphia, it's not really on our radar too hard. Around the world, it's a big deal. Um, and, of course, the Olympics. So they want to take advantage of, you know, I guess, you know, just to kind of ride a little bit of the hype train of, of big-time events. Um, they felt like they could do it. I don't think this is a standard every year they do double dome. Again, if business is good and they feel like they can, they're going to milk it. But I would not expect double domes in, tw- in, in what, 2021. Um, I don't think it's a, a lock and a guarantee that that's the case. Andrew says, could Osprey headline one of the Wrestle Kingdom 2020 nights? Uh, no, I don't think he's at that level yet. I don't think he is a proven draw. The best of the Super Juniors final did well, but I think he needs a lot more build, a lot, I don't know if build or time or what, but I just don't think he's at that level yet. I don't think so either, but um, I don't think it would be hard to get him there. But yeah, there's, there's a, again, headlining Wrestle Kingdom, that, that, that's asking a lot. And I don't think he's a, that guy yet. Axel G. Noel says, I would like to see Liger's final match be against Jonathan Gresham. How do we make yeah. this happen? That would, uh, um, that I'd would like to happen. see a Liger Gresham match, but I don't <laughs> think that was an appropriate match for Liger's final match. And I love Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham. That's not happening for his final match. I'll tell you right now. I would have okay. a better shot. I would have a better shot being the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the opponent, the Jonathan Gresham. Let me put it that way. Uh, JDM says, given Ibushi's history with the IC belt and the apparent booking trap of having Naito hold the belt during the G1, can we say swapping the white belt from Kota to Naito was a mistake? An extended run for Kota with the IC belt would have been a great story. Such a run would up the prestige of the title to Nakamura levels and could build to main event in one of the Dome shows. Retaining at the Dome over Tanahashi, had they not been in the same block, would have meant a lot. Uh, I, I can see the logic there. I mean, given the direction they've gone with this tournament thing looking increasingly likely... Uh, I think they made the right choice, but I mean, w- would it have been better with Naito and Ibushi basically having Ibushi with the IC belt rather than Naito fucking about with it? Because with Naito, I'm not sure it really makes sense, but then you wouldn't have been able to have Ibushi win the G1, which I think was a good choice, but then also having the IC belt at the same time. Right. And then also, again, we need to have those easy defenses along the way too. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement there. Um, all right, one more question because I got to get going. <laughs> it's a good one, James. Could ROH sell out Karakuen for a solo show with no Japanese they talent? Couldn't just sell out. Ju- <laughs> no, with just their talent. No, I'll flat out. No, they couldn't. They wouldn't sell out. They get. They might get a, a decent crowd, but I mean, fucking Noah can't. You know, it struggles in that building. Um, you know, it's not like all Japan always has a, has a, has a definite sellout. Uh, fucking Freedoms, the, a, a, a company that's run that building for a long time. What do you think? Fucking Matt Taven's going to come in there and sell it out? Get out, get out of here. Up the street with that. Jeez. All right, so let's wrap things up then. Um, first of all, just plug the Red Circle, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash JJ dash cast if you want to throw us some money. Uh, hopefully at some point we'll... F- okay, so I found out about the donations thing. Oh, we don't get names with that. So we won't know who has donated. But when we do get 
our money sent to us, which I'm sure is right around the corner, Damon, we can say, you know, for example, oh, thank you to whoever donated you know, $4.73 to us. We very much appreciate it. So if you have sent money, uh, please don't think we're being ungrateful. We just don't know about it yet. And when we do find out, we'll say thank you and you can get in touch if it was you and we'll give you the flowers that you deserve. Um, yes. Discords, you can find the link to that in the show notes and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. Massive thanks to Editor Dan. You can find his work on Twitter at Escape the Box UK. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes and some nice words. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.